Welcome to Cellmates. Welcome to Cellmates. I'm Kate Phillips. I'm Dick Ward. And together, we are Cellmates Podcast. We... You, you, oh, you've been saying that, and I feel like you need to pause so that we can say it at the same time. Well, we're together. It, we don't have to say it together to act as a united front. It's just a confusing new thing. We're a podcast uh, where we look at usually two animated movies at a time. We compare, contrast, place a Venn diagram over uh, these two movies. Uh, often they are Disney. But not always. Often they are musicals. But not always. Often they are good. But not... Always. And today, they are not good. Today, I feel like, uh, is the reason we came up with that three-part part tag uh, in general. Okay. Not for these movies, but it's like, well, these are so. the movies we like to see. I don't think so at all. I think these movies fit into that category. Well, okay. So, yeah. let's. We're going to talk about that because, yeah. to me, th- these are the antitheses of animated movie dumb. Um, <laughs> what? What? So, like, I think of an animated movie. If you say animated movie, I'm probably thinking of a Disney musical that is good. Like, like free association. And these movies are the antithesis of that? Did I say antithesis? You did. Uh, okay. They are the epitome. Okay. There we go. Okay. These movies are the epitome. That is why I laughed so hard. I was unclear on where you were going. My mouth was moving faster than my brain. That's right. Dick. Yo, what's up? Are you having a drink? I am not. That's false. That's false. I am having a drink. I am having, uh, oh, what is this? It's uh, There's some like whiskey and an orange peel and like some simple sugar and club soda for some reason. Would you say, uh, like on your your list of... Drink preference on the mm-hmm. spectrum. Where would you say it rates? It ranks. I would say if I was going to put this drink in a bracket with a bunch of other drinks, uh-huh. it would probably come out as number one. Yeah, like, like a- depending on how I feel at the day, and depending what other drinks were included. Like if like Pixar drinks were, or if if like beer was included, <laughs> uh, then you know it might be different. Uh, but generally, this this is a drink. Uh, is called what the old fashioned. The old fashioned. An old fashioned. This would normally come up towards the top of my drinks list. Yeah, it's it's kind of been our drink together Aww. as a as a unit, not Aww. just in a podcast. Um, so it's like it's our favorite. Yeah, and it's old fashioned. It's not new. It's not newfangled. It's classic. And pretty well respected uh, in the drinks community. All right. You're stretching a little bit. The uh, movies we're talking about today are classics in the I am 30 years old or I am 37 years old. And this was released when I was a kid sense. But yeah. in the Disney sense, I would not. I would argue that these are uh, I don't know. part of a newer wave. Still. I teach 3 to 11 year olds. These movies are old These are fashioned ancient for to them. them. Yeah. They've not seen them. I work at a 160 year old company. So at, yeah. these are newfangled to us. It's whatever the lens is. Uh, yeah. Dick, what does your drink glass look like? Well, it's not a glass. Oh. It's a cup. Excuse me. It is specifically a plastic cup uh, from Burger, Burger King. 
Rey Hamburguesa. Y Coca-Cola. Oh. Uh, and they it work says, with McDonald's uh, now, don't they? Oh, wow. This this is a whole thing. Yeah, there's a whole thing. There's there's actually a summary on the back of this cup. Of the movie. Of the movie. So, so I will be using that for my two-minute plot. Uh, it's it is from... A, what, 90, 1991 yeah, is, is that a, cup? It is a commemorative. It just says copyright Disney. Oh. But it is a commemorative Beauty and the Beast uh, Burger King cup. It sure is. Uh, because the movie, one of the movies that we are uh, talking about today is uh, Cup. Burger King. Burger King. No, is Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Kate, uh, I noticed that you're drinking out of a plastic commemorative cup. Uh, that's false. Oh. But speaking of kings, yes. uh, I am drinking out of a glass um and etched on it is a is a a rough mm. sketch um that you could make like with your thumb mm. if you like dipped your thumb in like say a melon that somehow has dry this movie is better animated than that so you you stick your thumb in like dry melon dust yeah and you put it on a tree and what what you do is you make like a, like a circle thing and you put your thumb and the nose and make some ears and then when you discover that he's not dead when he's older you add a red melon no, thing as a mane Kate, around use, his head they use like pencils and pens and well probably just pencils and they draw it on cells and then they paint them in that's my how glass has it. a lovely uh rafiki sketch uh, image of simba Ooh. It, like in the movie the lion king well okay but thank you andy for this glass uh, thank you, Andy, for this cup. Uh, he was probably just born. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. Uh, what are you wearing uh, shirt-wise? Well, I'm wearing a shirt uh, that has, you one might say, a sunrise kind of color scheme You're wearing a Lion it. King shirt. I'm wearing a Lion King All shirt. All right, what are you wearing sock-wise? My socks are Simba socks. And what uh, do you got next to you? I, I got a baby Simba. I also have a, a bell well, uh, plastic figure that has wiring underneath. In, in it so irrelevant. that you can like bend her arms and to things. the lion king can we talk about the elephant in the room uh the elephant behind me yeah uh it's not bowing to a king but we did do some redecorating in our apartment so yeah. that's all where's that elephant from that elephant is from south africa south africa yeah where's the lion king at? well that's a great question Ooh. but i will say that there is south africa in the Lion King, so it makes more so than the Lion King the is in South Africa, Boom. one way or another. We're talking about the our Lion King and Beauty and the Beast. Uh, these are our uh, one and the other, our personal favorites of the Disney oeuvre. Um, I would not say that. Y- I would say they're our favorites of Disney. I would not say that last word. Oeuvre. Well, I would not say that. Lumiere might say that. Yeah, I was going to say Cogsworth if you're in France, would definitely say that. Uh, yeah, but he'd say it funnier. He would say it hilarious. So, congratulations, listener! You have joined us on roughly uh, the anniversary of this podcast's podcast's birth. And we just figured out how to say podcast. We, yeah, we're, we're working still working on it. On it. Uh, yeah, this is, what, the 26th episode, right? Yeah, it's basically the end, quote-unquote, of, of season one. We yeah. started the first week of October. Yes. It is currently so this, the last week of September the, when you're listening to this. The way we've sort of imagined this is uh, we know there's 
only so many animated movies, and there's some that we need to talk about more than once. Mm-hmm. So every season, which is about a year, every 26 episodes or so, we start a new season, and any movie that we've already done can be paired up again. It's back on the table, yeah. Yeah, it's back on the table, because we don't want to do The Lion King. Well, we choose not to do The Lion King every single episode. No. But if we can do it like once a year, that makes that once makes a, a happy Kate. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, we're going to still do a lot of new titles and oh, yeah, new absolutely. ideas. But yeah, there are some movies that when we look at them, we're like, oh, this would be good with this. This or, would be good with also this. Yeah, or we thought it was a great match for this, but uh-huh. then we were watching it like, oh, no, this would be really good with this other thing. Or we've recorded an episode, and then yeah. we see a new movie. We're like, oh, that would be like, so good oh, with this movie we already talked about. So anyway... We're uh, we're not we're, superhuman. We're going to reuse movies, and yeah. the year mark seems like the appropriate delineation. For yeah, that. and we're we're pretty excited to do that. Yeah, yeah, and I'll, I'll also say that uh, our next episode, we're going to be taking a little bit of a break from the usual format uh, because we have a lot to talk about with these movies. We are uh, not going to be talking about any of the spinoffs. Any kind of spin. We are any our conversation. Sequels? is squarely on the roughly 90 minutes of animated magic <laughs> that each of these movies offers. Right. We are going to... So no rides, no, no rides, park stuff, no, no yeah, sequels, sequels, no Broadway, stage, anything. No so, books. Yeah. Uh, all of that stuff, that's going to be in our next episode, uh, as well as some fun like tying up year-end stuff and all, all sorts of stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, because honestly... so. We're we're doing these favorites. This was a pairing from the beginning that we're like, well, we have to pair these two movies we together. Have compared these movies on our own, yeah. for hours. Um, and and there's kind of been this sense of like nothing else is good enough to pair with the other on this first go around. Okay, certainly, like right, like you could do like Brother Bear and Lion King, but like that's doing I'd... a disservice to the Lion King. Thank you very much. Okay. I don't know for the first go around. I don't think that's how this podcast works well anyway this was one of the original ideas that we came up with yeah, i'd these... say we've recorded probably eight to ten of the original ideas we came up with like when we first started this podcast sure. um and this was one of them and we decided to save it uh for our year mark as a celebration but also it's the beginning of a school year i'm a teacher and these movies make me smile so that's yeah. Nice. And you don't have time to like learn a whole bunch of new stuff. No. Or it goes for some movies that you uh, might know the history of a little bit. This episode is going to be like the time that I went into Full House trivia at a bar with no prior, like no specific research. Mm -hmm. I had just been researching my whole life for Mm it. Uh, I did quite well with my small team. I think I pulled more weight than the people who had been studying in my team. That's right. Anyway, that's how prepared I feel uh, for this podcast. As the Kimmy Gibbler of this podcast, I have to say, uh, I did not study uh, recently or at all. And my feet stink a little bit. So, uh, ready to go. Full house? Oh, as Kimmy. I see. Yeah, I don't know. I just, my feet smell. I see what you're doing there. Thanks. All right. So, Dick, should we have some kind of like indication that one of us has gone off track of the original movies Kate, when you start talking about spinoffs you will know it because i will do a thing all right figure it out all right kate let's talk about your oh boy 
I'm gonna go out of the room and take a take a nap, make myself a sandwich, and come back. Uh, talk about your history with the Lion King because you're oh, about to sum it up. Oh, we're starting with uh, okay. All right, we'll start with the later chronological movie. That's yeah, no problem. we will. All right. Um, I had a I had a bell line already queued up, and then you you went the other direction. Boom! That's the way I roll. Well, the Lion King. Uh, what what can't I say about it? 1994 release, which puts me at age seven, my brother at age three. This is the first movie that we. It might not be the first movie that we see together in a theater, but it's the first movie we both like understand together in a theater mm-hmm. and it it just took over our lives i think we saw it at least three times in the theater um we saw it with multiple sets of relatives uh disney did a thing where it it came out in the summer and then they like re-released it in theaters in march because they're just like well we can get a couple more tens of millions of dollars off of this why mm-hmm. not uh we saw it again in march um i've seen it an additional time in theaters like it just came up in my Facebook memories. It was like eight years ago they re-released, um, and I went by myself to a theater in the Bronx and had a great time. Yeah, this movie was like a giant in our childhood. Everything we owned for like several years was Lion King theme. There was a short Pocahontas break, but then it basically went back to Lion King. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean we. Um, Fun fact, we we got the soundtrack before seeing the movie. I was convinced that Zazu and Scar were the same character. And so it seemed weird to me that the villain had such a fun song back and forth because with the baby they, lion. They both had like English Yeah, accents. the British accents, I think. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, so it was, it, uh, I feel like it, things became much clearer once I saw the movie of like, oh, a these lot are of times separate that happens. Yeah. characters. Oh. Um, I adore this movie. I've, I, um, we're not talking about it today, but I've done it with my kids at school as a musical. I um, clearly own a lot of adult-sized clothing. I mean, I'm barely adult-sized, but I own clothing that I have purchased or has been purchased for me as an adult right. uh, with Lion King stuff on it. Um, I I just love it so much. Yeah. It's my favorite movie of all time. Well, you know what they say, Kate. Hakuna more vodka. They don't say that. They do say that. We're, Lots we're of people say that. Talk about Swahili grammar language later. Yeah. Uh-huh. You would okay. So you would say Hakuna. You wouldn't say Hakuna because Hakuna is like there is no or like we have no. So like Hakuna Mavadka means we have no Mavadka. Like. The ma is pluralizing worry. Well, it wouldn't be ma. It'd be more. Hakuna more vodka. Yeah, but they like apostrophize it. I, Yeah, I don't know what the mo would be then at that point. It'd but more. And if you really want to be technical about it, it would be hamnashida. Hakuna matata is kind of the bastardized version that Whoa. Kenyans say to tourists. And if you go to Tanzania, they're like, no, 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 no. The Kenyans don't know what they're talking about. The correct way to say this is hamnashida. So if someone shouts Hakuna Matata at you uh, because you're a white tourist, just say back Hamnashida. And it worked quite well. They just were like, oh, you, you you know, you're you on to us. I uh, just want to take a moment to apologize to all of our Kenyan listeners. 
Uh, yeah, I'm. I I will say it's it's the Tanzanians who don't like the way the Kenyans use that Swahili, like and I'm staying out of it. Apologize to all our Tanzanian listeners <laughs> for that broad generalization. Uh, cool, Kate. Why don't you get a cookie timer going? Well, I will, but I'd like you to talk a little bit about your experience about Lion with Lion King. Yeah, so Lion King came out when I was 12-ish. This was what, like a summer release? Yeah, June 94. So I was 11. Um, I think I was just getting towards the point of like, I don't know if I need to see any more Disney movies, but I saw Lion King. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really liked it. It's a very good movie. Uh, Know like all the songs by heart or... You know, as much as a eleven-year-old white kid from the suburbs knows Swahili, um, or whatever various yeah, languages that one is, are is in Zulu. It. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I know way too much. I but, understand. Um, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. That's that's my history with The Lion King. Um, I've seen it more since. Uh, I met you than I have in my entire life. Wow. Up till then. Wow. Yeah, that's not really a wow. We've watched it a couple of times. Yeah. Um, that's not the... <laughs> those times yeah. aren't scratching the I think surface for me. I, I, I do think it's uh, a really good movie. I think it's some of Disney's best uh, animation. Um, I think... I mean, we'll talk about this. There are points where... It lacks in story and magic for me, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, it's a really good movie. It's one of those. Uh, here's here's how I would describe it. It's one of those movies where like I never really want to watch it. I'm never like, oh man, I need to see The Lion King. But every time I do watch it, I'm like, man, I'm glad I'm watching The Lion King. This is so good. It like. I'm not left wanting, like I it's I just like never have that craving to watch it. But it's never bad. It's mm. never it's never an experience that I don't enjoy. It's actively good, like um, most Indian food. <laughs> where like I never okay. I'm never like oh let's get Indian food. But aside from like the one place that I had that had just like really weird meat, uh, most Indian food I've had has been really really good. I will I will add one more thing that we um do use the circle of life scene to test all of our new audiovisual equipment for that sound is, and color. That is true. Purposes. Yeah, that we has have happened a, multiple times. We have a fancy new TV and a, a semi fancy sound bar. Uh and uh yeah, we tested Circle of Life on it. Uh mainly to uh, make Kate appreciate the TV and the soundbar. <laughs> it, it worked. Because you were not on board at first. Well, it's just I have my computer. Why do I need a, no, why do, what do I need a TV well, for? Why would I want to listen to good sound? I already have a screen. Yeah. Anyway. All right. I've got two minutes on the clock. All right. Um, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm either going to like go way under because I can just like... Or... We're still going to be here three hours from now. Well, well, you're we'll gonna, find out. You're going to be done in two minutes well, either way. We'll find out. Let's go. All right. Nyan singonya mabagiti baba. 
um, a new prince lion is born and the kingdom acknowledges him. But the king, Mufasa's brother, Scar, not a big fan because he was next in line. So uh, Simba is learning about being a lion and being a leader from his father, Mufasa. They go on uh, fun adventures and he learns that the circle of life keeps everything in check and it needs to be in this balanced order and the kings um, of the past are above him and watching him. Meanwhile, Scar still not happy about the situation, plots to kill both Simba and Mufasa so he can claim his rightful place as king. Well, he tries uh, with his hyenas to capture Simba on a romp with his friend Nala, but Mufasa comes and saves him. Doesn't work. Well, then he gets a wildebeest stampede to go, and uh, Simba doesn't die, but uh, Mufasa almost does, and then he goes up on the cliff, and then Scar goes, long live the king, and then he throws him into the wildebeest. Mufasa dies. Oh, no, dad, dad, we've got to wake up. And uh, Simba has to run, run away. That's what Scar tells him to do. Well, Simba does that because he's scared and he's sad. He's a little lion. He finds Timon and Pumbaa, or rather they find him. Uh, and they live by the motto, Hakuna Matata. What's the motto with you? Uh, which means no worries. It does mean that, even if it's a different kind of spell. Healy. Um, so Simba grows up into a big lion and uh, has totally shunned out his past until, until his friend Nala comes back. Um, it stumbles upon him because she's hunting for food. There's no food left in the pride because uh, Scar has been a terrible ruler. So she tries to get him to come back. You're the rightful king. He says, no. But then his dad talks to him from the clouds and says, remember who you are. And Simba goes, fine. And he goes back to the Pride Lands. He fights his uncle Scar. He takes his rightful place as throne be- uh, on the throne because Scar gets eaten by the hyenas because he's betrayed them. And he and Nala have a baby lion. They anoint to the crowd. Circle of life continues. Keep talking. Cookies you got time. Di- no. Oh, no, the alarm didn't ring. Oh, the alarm didn't ring. What is happening? Did you give yourself extra time? No. Oh, that's sneaky. It ran up. So the time. You can go back and time it. I, I don't know why that didn't won't. work. I'm going to play um, with my phone now. Cool. It doesn't, it doesn't super matter. Um, so Lion King, that's what it's about. What do you mean? That's what it's about. Yeah. The thing you said. Yeah. Great. Okay. Did I miss anything large? Nope. Okay. I don't mean anything by it. All right. I was just trying to transition. Great. That's what The Lion King is about. That's true. It's very good. Yeah. Well, uh, circling back to to France, I guess. Circle of life and back to France. Circle of life and back to France. Dick, (laughs) tell us about your experience with Beauty and the Beast. Uh, I'm like 90% sure I saw this in theaters. Uh, really liked it. Watched it a few times on home video, I am sure. Uh, I don't. I honestly don't remember. Uh, I assume I saw this in the theaters. I assume I watched this on home video a bunch because I have strong memories of it. The first time... The first time I remember watching it uh not that i hadn't before but the first memory i have of watching it because my childhood memories are fuzzy uh is when i was living with my friend tom Uh, i was probably 21 at the time and uh he meant he uh had just gotten it on dvd because it was like a special release of it Uh, and we watched it, and he's like, oh, this is one of my favorite movies. I'm like, Lion King? I mean, I remember it, but 
what? Do you mean The Lion King or do you mean Beauty? I mean Beauty and the Beast. Okay. And uh, we put it on and I was like, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, this is great. And I think this is probably where, um, you know, where like uh, as a boy I transitioned from, oh, I don't want to watch kids movies to, oh, I want to, I want to watch kids movies. <laughs> um yeah, so that's like the the first time I I actually remember watching it, and I've seen it a bunch since then. Um, it is, um, uh, assuming we're just talking specifically Disney animation, it is my favorite Disney movie. Um, like most, like ninety nine percent of the time, you know, favorites change all the time when you ask people, but it's my favorite Disney movie like ninety nine percent of the time. Uh, I think it is. Uh, I think one thing that it does that a lot of movies after it don't do is capture that original Disney magic Mm. of like kind of like a a simple moral and uh, a nice love story and you know some some characters that that change that have like a a real goal and then they meet it. Uh, and I think I think some Disney movies do that more and less successfully. Uh, I think it's also uh, a matter of stories in general becoming more complex over time, as like mm-hmm. we become aware that like oh yeah yeah I've seen this. You need to do something different. Yeah, and I wonder if it's somewhat as animation becomes easier to do complexly, right? Like I feel like at the time you had to put more time and resources into the physical animation of it. And so maybe there aren't as many hours left for story or adding layers. I don't know. Okay. Maybe it's just how storytelling has evolved, though, too. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Interesting. So, yeah, what about you? Oh, this was the same, this was the same type of deal <laughs> as The Lion King. Uh, this was the first new movie I saw in theaters. And, like... When you're a kid who loves to read and loves to sing, and then you see a heroine come on stage, uh, stage, I see I'm even saying stage, come on the screen, little town, it's a quiet bit, like, you're just going to be done. Like, you're spoiled on movies for the rest of time. You're spoiled on stories for the rest of time. Yeah. Um, I loved Belle. She had brown hair. What? She's a brown-haired nerd. She's a brown-haired nerd. She like, loved to read. She, she is... didn't really have like a lot of like popularity. And I'm like four at this time, so I don't really know about that. But I know how to read. Like, but and as you grow, like, I mean, you you were a theater kid. Yeah. Belle would have been a theater kid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's got brown hair. She well, she's reads. a good singer. Everyone thinks she's weird. She sings good. She's a great singer. She's a theater kid. Yeah, so she had things for me to sing. Um, and again, like this, it it's just happenstance of space time continuum that it wasn't Ariel. It was Belle for me because I was just a little too young for yeah. Little Mermaid. Um, yeah, I I mean, talk about merchandise. Like I, we had everything Lion King, right? But like the weirdest things, I had Beauty and the Beast, like. Uh, I had a, a Play-Doh set with, like, molds of the Beast and Belle. You could put Play-Doh in, which, like, didn't super work well because it's hard to put multiple colors in a Play-Doh 
mold if you're a kid you squeeze the thing down and then you get like one long no not like spaghetti beast it's like a clamp it's like a oh like like a a, shell like a clam shell like a double-sided cookie thing yes got it exactly i thought Um, you were i thought you were squeezing (laughs) out spaghetti spaghetti cogsworths uh no yeah that would be hilarious factory uh we had a board game like one of those things where you had to put all the cardboard in the other cardboard to make things stand up and it never quite worked right I had uh, one of those handheld. What, what was the tiger? No, it wasn't tiger. It wasn't Hasbro. It was not Sega. I don't know. I got one of those handheld games. Uh, I'm, I'm throwing money down that it's tiger. It might be tiger. You're right. So it has like three buttons, but there was a game. Um, I had like a hairbrush. I had the Barbie dolls. I had lots of clothing, yeah. books, you know, spirals, backpacks. Uh, place settings, a Burger King commemorative cup uh, that is still in use mm-hmm. nearly 30 years later. Um, I still have the dinner the dinner set, too. Sometimes when we run out of bowls, I end up using a bell bowl. Uh, yeah, so we just had all the things. A piano book that came with a recorder for some reason. Uh, it's not... Anyway. Okay. Um, yeah, and so it's still like watching it for this podcast. I probably watch it. Once every other year, maybe not as often as Lion King, but um, yeah, it still like produces feelings. Yeah. Like I was telling you just when the like title card came up and I recognized the font and the color of the font, it was like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. This is, I, I know how old I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's slightly off. I'm not talking about a thing that was in the parks, but I am talking about an observation from the parks. Uh, Belle is your favorite. That's true. That's true. That's true. We have video evidence of Belle being your favorite princess. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to say this is off topic. I'm, I'm just... G- yeah. We'll, we'll move on. Because I have another story to tell on that okay. that I will wait all for right. next episode. Simba wasn't she your is, favorite princess. That's she is I'm my saying. favorite princess. Well, yeah, she's still my favorite. All right. I think Rapunzel is a little stronger, but, you know, right. she's my favorite. So, right. um I got two minutes on hopefully a cookie timer that makes the cookie timer sound this time. All right. And if it doesn't, You're just going to read it. This is a cop out. No, because this isn't, this isn't great. Um, I'll give you a minute to read it after your summary. If you well, I'm going to read it and then I'm going to fill in the blanks. That's my plan. Ready, yeah. set, go. Once upon a time, an enchantress turned a selfish prince into a hideous beast. The spell could only be broken if he learned to love someone and earned her love in return. When an intelligent and beautiful girl named Belle comes to the castle, she sends a glimmer of hope into the beast's heart. With the help of the castle's enchanted objects, Lumiere, Cogsworth, and Mrs. Potts, the beast wins Belle's love and ultimately breaks the spell. Okay, so uh, one, (laughs) one, there's a lot missing from that. uh, And two, I'm going to fill them in. So first off, uh, Belle doesn't just wander into the Beast's castle. <laughs> uh, her dad just wanders into the Beast's castle, and the Beast kidnaps him. And then Belle exchanges uh, her life for his, basically. And then the Beast is like, "Well, you could, you could stay in a room if you want." Err, uh, that happens. Um, she sends a glimmer of hope into the Beast's heart. She does. That's true. She sends a glimmer of hope into the beast's heart because he's like, yeah, I know she could be the one. And Lumiere's like, ah, you should uh, say hello and be nice. And the beast's like, no. Um, 
the uh, Lumiere, Cogsworth, and Mrs. Potts do help her. Also, the the wardrobe later and Ch- Lady and Chip. You, you're giving me looks, and I don't know what you're giving me looks for. Uh, the Beast wins Belle's love and ultimately breaks the spell. That's true. That's all true. There's also a character named Gaston. Thank you. Who features pretty heavily in this movie <laughs> and even has a song with a reprise, <laughs> and that song is named Gaston. <laughs> Gaston is this big old jerk who wants to marry Belle. She's like, "Uh uh-uh. And he's like, but please? She's like, no. And he's like, what if I give you flowers? She's like, no. He's like, what if I kidnap your dad and send him to the loony bin? She's like, no. He's like, what if I kill the beast? She's like, nah. And then the beast, like, kind of kills him. There it is. There it is. Cookies are done. I legit thought you might forget Gaston because you were multitasking. You were like reading and having to come up with the pieces. I think I'm going to forget Gaston. And there were like 30 seconds left. I would have been shocked. But the time was ticking. Good work. Yeah. Good work. I know. Yeah, that, that... so what he was reading was off the commemorative cup. Yeah, that summary was kind of glosses the, over from the cup. a lot kinda of the movie. Glosses, I mean, in fairness, they only have like a tweet's worth of yeah, but they, Lumiere, they have to like summarize it in a tweet. Lumiere Cogsworth and Mrs. Potts got named checked, yeah. and there's no guest on. I feel like I I think they're important, but I feel like you can get away with the enchanted objects. Blah 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 blah. Also. The spell could, it's it's weird because it's in like this past tense. Mm. The spell could only be broken if he learned to love someone and earned her love in return. In return. So two two things is like that weird past tense, and also if he learned to love someone and earn, I think it should be earn at that point. So you're this is a grammar nitpick, but also is this correct? But also when you say someone. You don't then say her; you say there, because you you you're giving a, a saying someone is like a a person. You're assuming that he is a heterosexual beast. No, at that point. that's not a, that's no. not actually my nitpick. Okay. My nitpick is that if he learned to love someone, uh-huh. it doesn't say if he learned to love a, a woman or a girl or something like that. Yeah. So when it says earn her love in return, it's confusing. Because uh, the Enchantress is the only woman who's mentioned on this cup at this oh, point. Oh, that so is So when confusing. you say her, I'm like, he has to learn to love someone and then make the Enchantress love him? That's weird. Dear Burger King copy editors <laughs> from 1991, we have... We s- have issues. Some questions. A couple of suggestions. We have issues. Your, your cup has issues and so do we. Uh Yeah. No, but that had to be Disney. You don't, you don't think a Burger King employee is going to write Lumiere, Cogsworth, and Mrs. Potts and spell it's, them correctly? You know what? Here's the thing. is uh, I happen to work in this industry of uh, having brands uh, tell you what to put on things. Uh-huh. It's a whole... It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. All right. And it's all marketing departments. Like, uh, like Glenn, Glenn Keane... Didn't write this. No, uh, uh, well, uh, Glenn, Glenn Keane didn't write the story. He just drew things. But yeah, right. But he knows these characters. Yeah, yeah. Is what I'm saying. Uh, uh, Angela Lansbury didn't write this. Uh, you know what? I hope. I hope Jeffrey Katzenberg wrote it. Like, wouldn't that be a nice like <laughs> capstone of like 
Dude, you didn't know anything about animation. No, it Not two been, movies in, you're right in the Burger King. If cup. this was Katzenberg, it would have been edgier. It would get edgier. For no reason. All right. So, Dick, I have so, a question for you. Kate. Um, in general, you mentioned Beauty and the Beast, The Lion King. People have heard of them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, even my kids who maybe have only seen the live action version, but I'm doing my best to correct version, that. Yeah. Um, they've heard of these titles. They've, they've stood a test of time, 25 to 30 years. Uh, it seems like they're not going anywhere in the immediate future. So uh, to appropriate uh, the Joker, why so endearing? That's just the words I had written down, and it reminded me of anyway, you. Really, why are these movies so endearing in your estimation, Dave? I kind of want to talk about why you decided to go Joker with well, that. Well, why so? The, you don't, I don't know. So, uh, one thing I think <laughs> that makes them really endearing. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, I'm going to start on a smaller level. Do then, want, then you do might want to... Do we want to talk about some of the some of the just like give like a quick sign hmm. of why these like these things uh, are like, clearly yeah what our evidence for endearing yes so like first off obviously uh, they did crazy box office crazy especially box especially Lion King yes. did like a billion or something yeah ridiculous, like nine hundred million worldwide which was unheard of at the time and is and still since. way too much money well and so, uh, like for inflation in yeah. terms of animated movie. Maybe Toy Story, maybe Frozen at this yeah. point, um, but in terms of animation, it is it's still unparalleled. Yeah, it's it's it got crazy love at the time. Uh, I see Hakuna Matata shirts uh, like I saw one today. Once a day, once a, once a week. At I saw least. one on the way to this apartment yeah. from school today. Um, An adult, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, both movies got remakes recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Beauty and the Beast uh, was nominated for. But did not win an Oscar for for a cat for the best picture. Yeah, for like, best picture. Not, all of the Disney's at this time win all the music awards. It's not but best animated feature. No, that's Shrek. There is uh, because there's not a best animated feature at this time no. because they're like the Academy is not scared of giving a animated movie best picture. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like. And I think it leads us to like Schindler's List, right? Like, yeah, it's a like, it, yeah, it, both of these are big years. I can't, I cannot fault the the voters for going with that instead yeah. of uh, Beauty and the Beast. But damn, Beauty and the Beast is good. Yeah, uh, yeah, and Lion King is Lion King not nominated for an Oscar. All right, fine, but it is the same year as like I think it's like Shawshank and Forrest Gump. And Does Lion King have a terrible Oscar? Oh, we'll get into this. We got to talk about the Oscar performances on oh, the next episode. Uh, yeah, I think that's the next episode. On the next episode, it's technically related. Like, I feel like we could get away episode. with it on this episode, but no, because we got one of the reasons we're out. splitting it is because like we could talk for four There's hours. So and much to talk no one about. wants to listen to that. So. Kate, you have like an Ernie Sabella story that I think probably waits till next episode. Yeah, I think it waits till next episode. It is. I have. Multiple Ernie Sabella <laughs> stories. I think we all have an we Ernie Sabella story. A Even if we don't know him, we oh, know. Boy. Uh, so multiple songs from the movies are nominated for Oscars. Mm-hmm. They both win um, with 
a song like yeah. you and you look at these soundtracks it's like winner after there are no skip tracks on these soundtracks and like score included but and like, we'll get to that even out of nowhere there was like a a pretty popular youtube video beauty and the beat from like five or six years ago are you talking about the todrick hall one the todrick hall one what's good what's good what's good what's good what's good good? good? that's out of nowhere right like the yeah a little bit but like todrick hall is one of us no no but that was like a pretty big thing yeah and there there was no reason to do a beauty and the beast parody song at that time yeah it's just yeah everyone knows this let's do it but yeah people have an affection for for these movies. Yeah. So. And, and these movies happened during formative years for us. They are emblazoned upon our brains. Yeah. And even if we didn't love them, we could probably tell you everything about them. Well, and formative years for, you know, the quote unquote adultiest adults in the world right now. Right. That aren't like boomers or I mean, it, it, people say millennia. It, there's a lot of generational stuff, but like. We finally have the the kind of more or less purchasing power, however much you can have in 2019 under capitalism. I, but like, uh, I feel like we uh, the people around our age control more than they used to in more yeah. of an adult feeling way, which is one reason why we're seeing a resurgence. But also, like, I think it means something that these are two titles that have really stuck with us. There were a lot, like booming animation not just from disney during our childhoods and these have stuck around and stayed at the top of a lot of people's lists yeah Yeah. i do i do want to clarify you called us millennials Uh, i'm a little bit older than you i'm actually a willennial uh i graduated at the millennium uh so you know just to be clear that's a different generation so okay so what what makes these movies oscar worthy what makes these movies worth uh, complaining about remakes thirty years later. <laughs> like, well, I mean, uh, there's there's a lot. You 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 started to say something though before I uh, cut you off. Uh, you said you wanted to start somewhere smaller. Um, and I see you're petting a baby Simba. Does that I do, to, a, a little bit? Is I that just the kind small of, thing you wanted to talk uh, about? Yeah, I just kind of involuntarily started petting him, like he's people. Um, <laughs> it's like he's people. I do think one thing. So. Speaking of people, there aren't as many people in these two movies as other Disney films. More people... Say more about what that means, because I understand, but I don't think it's clear. Uh, Beast, not really a person presenting uh, the enchanted objects. You mean literal people? Yes, literal people. Okay. Um, Enchanted objects, Lion King is all animals. And there's somewhat of a universality to that where, like, you don't have to have brown hair like Belle to, like, get one of these characters. Like, Lumiere Cogsworth and Mrs. Potts, I guess they are people at the end. But otherwise, they're just – it's like Toy Story. Like, you don't have a reference point, so they're just fun. Like And even even, uh, less characteristic than Toy Story, which – are basically people. Yeah, there are at a least, lot of people shapes. At least yeah. like our leads. No, that's true. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's a pot. Like, yeah. she's, she's got a familiar voice. You can, you might know the murder she wrote, lady, mm-hmm. and be able to picture her in your head, but you mm-hmm. also might not. And then this woman is, I mean, she's a pot. Yeah. And 
she's whatever you want her to be. She's whatever you want to imprint on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I also think that's good, you know, imaginative vehicle. Like, mm-hmm. um, so it makes, it makes for good, like merchandising because like, what do you get? Like, I feel like with all the Barbies we had, like I just eventually kind of coupled them up and started like playing house with Barbies. But like, what do you do with the Lumiere? Like, you got to be more creative there. Like, yeah. it's it's a candle, so you're just gonna play with it like a candle. So I feel like there's more imaginative uh, stimulus. I don't sure. know. I don't know how to describe it, but I mean, sure. But there's very few people in Brother Bear and probably Home on the Range. That's fair. That's fair. So these are just done well with those. Never mind then. That's that's a great point. That's a great point. So what I what I thought you meant, uh, because you bring this up a lot, is um, that there are a defined small set of main characters yeah. and then a larger set of secondary characters, yes. which is something that, that you mention a lot when we're watching movies and you're like, there are too many characters to care about. I don't care about any of them. That's exactly where it goes for me. No. Yeah, you look at, you kind of have, you're going to have like three main ones, mm-hmm. right? Belle, Beast, Gaston, mm-hmm. Simba, Mufasa, Scar. Yeah. You kind of have this triangle of sorts. And then you have like your second tier, right? Your enchanted objects, your like, LaFou, Maurice, mm-hmm. uh, your Timon and Pumbaa. But I I would even say after we lose Mufasa, mm-hmm. Timon and Pumbaa are that third character. Yeah, I think like, that's fair. On their own, like as a pair. Yeah, I think it's fair. They become the third character. Um, I also think it's wild that they're not in half the movie. It's over yeah. the halfway point that you meet them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yes. It's amazing they, that Ernie Sabella did not manage to be the, the entire movie. Well, they just didn't let him cut. It, the problem is Ernie Sabella doesn't leave. No. So if you invite him later, that's yeah. fine. But they just edit it around. This is, I mean, this is maybe why there are sequels that yeah. we're going to talk about later. Because yeah. he Ernie, just didn't leave. Ernie Sabella was just in the recording room. Like, <laughs> like well, uh, I guess I guess we could do a TV show. Anyway. Um, yeah, I think it's that those tears that like, you always know what's most important and your second tier characters are very full of personality. And so you don't forget them. You might not know their names right away, especially if you're like, say, a grandparent that little Katie quizzes right after the movie is done saying, yeah. what's this character like going out in the lobby so and pony little let's, posters? Let's talk about that. You you saw Beauty and the Beast with your grandfather or Lion King with your yeah, grandfather? Yeah, uh, both. And you quizzed him afterwards. Yeah, he had he had stories about both of these. Uh-huh. Uh, so Lion King was, uh, we went out into the lobby and there's like these giant character posters because it was a big Disney movie, but they didn't have the names on them. So I started quizzing him, like pointing to the warthog. What's that character's name? Pointing to one of the many lions. What is that character's name? Uh, I think he did okay. okay. I think they did okay. But Good. like my brother and I were like, no, that's Pumbaa. Like, that's Pumbaa. No, How don't you no, know that? That one's Jamal. That one's Pumbaa. Uh, so for us, they were very memorable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know who, you know, the funny, gassy warthog. Like, even if you don't know the name, it makes an impression. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'll, I'll say about these secondary characters that I think is really uh, important and I think is forgotten, uh, and we'll talk about later, like positive lessons learned from these movies. 
but uh, what is what is LeFou's want? Uh, LeFou's want is to make Gaston happy. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. What is what is Lumiere's want? He wants the beast to turn back so he can turn back, but what mostly is, he wants the beast. What to does turn Cogsworth back. want? Yeah, same. Like, what does Mrs. Potts want? Like, mm. their wants are simple or all... unimportant. Yeah, and we don't like. I, I feel like a lot of movies try and attach to minor characters a story arc that you're supposed to care about, but I don't care about it because right. it's a minor character. Right. But they all know, redirect back to your main characters. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast, all of the enchanted objects want to be human again. It's mm-hmm. it's basically the same as the beasts want. Well and the way they do that is to get the beast and Belle to fall in love. Like right. that's their but only like, option. But his want, mm-hmm. which is a want we care about, mm-hmm. is reflected on these minor characters. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like that's important yeah to make this you know like um so it's also interesting to me because you bring up the beast's want mm -hmm. right is to transform and yet Mm -hmm. like it's not he doesn't get an i want song about it he's by the time we meet him in the movie essentially kind of given up on it yeah like there's still he keeps the rose under a glass still right he's holding on to the physical trappings of the spell but like he's pretty much given up um and i think that's also a similarity to simba Mm -hmm. who like you as the viewer are rooting for him to be king of pride rock but there's a decent chunk of the movie where he doesn't want it right Um, and he does have an i want song where he just can't wait to be king but then he sees uh his father die and things change for him yeah uh so I think that's really Which, cool. Like at that point, he he got his wish. So I don't know what he's complaining about. Yeah, right. He got to be king. Be careful what you wish for, Simba, um, buddy. Um, yeah, uh, that is but, interesting. But yeah, I think both they of both our reject. yeah, and both of our protagonists. I'm gonna call the beast the protagonist, and and I'll explain more of how we got that way later because I I like it. Um, uh. They go from immaturity to maturity in a lot of ways, but including like having a moment in somewhat of the third act where they decide that they want, they they, they combine their need and their want, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. So an, uh, another thing is also these the, like the act breaks kind of. Lion King has a notoriously long first act, but if because you... Because the, the second act is... Timon and Pumbaa. The second act is like, yeah, Hakuna Matata through Nala coming. Kind and that's of. like 40 minutes in, 50 minutes in? Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it, typically in a three-act structure, the, the second act is your long one, right? Yeah. Like, that's where all the action happens. The first one's kind of set up. Yeah. The third one's, like, the, the climax and payoff. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lion King is like, first act. Mm-hmm. Teeny tiny some, second act. Itty bitty second act. Itty bitty third act, really. Itty bitty third act, Like, yeah. that it's, going back to defeat Pride Rock, yeah. or to, to defeat Scar La- for Pride Lion Rock. Lion King is mainly, like, world building. Yeah, world building. And character building. And character building, yes. I agree with that. And then, like, thing happens. Yeah. But thing doesn't happen until the movie's, like, like there's a chunk of movie Yeah. It. 
And Beauty and the Beast also, I would say, has the three-act structure. Yeah. They're more evenly spread out, but oh, yeah. as I was watching it this last time, I'm like, oh, things don't pick up till later than I remember. Like, mm-hmm. I forget that before really Beast and Belle meet or, like, have any kind of interaction beyond you're my prisoner now, like, you get both Gaston and Gaston reprise. Like, mm-hmm. that's interrupting there. So you're constantly going back and forth between... Um, scenes like between settings um in a way that even though you meet the characters sooner be our guest happens and i've i've done the times on this be our guest happens basically at hakuna matata yeah like it is like within a minute or two beauty and the beast and can you feel the love tonight the songs happen within a minute or two of each other um so even though the acts are different the pacing is still there's a formula Mm -hmm. um and, you know, formulas can, can help or yeah. harm in some ways. But I think they are very strongly uh, rolled out in both of these movies that I never feel bored. I'm always like, what's next? What's next? What's next? Yeah. 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 That's, these movies that's, are so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it's – I think it is interesting that – well, uh, as we were watching Beauty and the Beast this last time, uh, I said, oh, this is a horror movie structure. At least the first mm. act is. Um, because you see uh, Belle living her life. Uh, you know, just Jamie Lee Curtising around. and <laughs> Everything's good. Um, no, you see, you see Belle living her life. Everything's good. You see her father go off to do a thing. He runs into trouble. He meets the the monster who's this the beast. Mm-hmm. And we don't really see the beast. You get like point. a very quick full body. Like a, yeah. But like it's in shadows still. It's I think. in shadows and it's from it's not even from uh his perspective. it's not from Maurice's perspective. It's from like the floor. Below Maurice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it right. is it you is do this, you see his face, which I didn't remember right. before this. But it's this viewing. giant towering mm-hmm. version of the beast that uh, just comes off as a monster. And, mm-hmm. you know, we know better because we've seen the movie uh, and read the cup, but, uh, <laughs> and also listened to that, like, two-minute intro. Stained glass intro. Um, but, yeah, so we're kind of, like, greeted with the monster, and then we, like, oh, Maurice is in trouble, and then Belle goes and confronts the monster, and it's, like, a little bit of a horror movie set up. Like, I've, I've seen this before, and it's really, it's cool, because it creates... Um, it creates some of that fear, which I think is something, uh, it's like, it's an, an important thing in Disney movies. Like Mm -hmm. the more, the more we've talked about these, the more I realize that like some of the best movies that Disney made are when there's something besides the whimsy and something besides the Mm -hmm. love, like snow white, you've got a, like a scary chase through the the woods and, Alice in Wonderland is terrifying the whole way through. So you just want all you just want every movie to be a Miyazaki movie. Is that I, the premise? <laughs> no, but but line, I mean, yes, I it's do. It's a joke because I, I can't watch Miyazaki want movies every movie to be a Miyazaki movie. Very scared. Um, but even Lion King has uh it, not really scares, but sadness. It's got like the elephant graveyard's a little scared. Like there's some scares, but it's there's not some like scares. I would say the big 
emotion that comes in is sadness over uh, the death of Mufasa. Well, and there's like real tension. Like yeah. I, my body still tightens up during that wildebeest stampede. Yeah. Like in part because I know what's going to happen, but it's directed really well that yeah. like you're zooming in, you're zooming out, you're seeing Simba, you're seeing Mufasa. Oh no, now you can't see them. Oh, okay, now you can see them, mm-hmm. but there's a problem. It's, it's, it's really well directed, like yeah. action sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and by the way, if you have a, a loved one that really enjoys The Lion King and is prone to falling asleep on the couch, uh, for me, it is very fun. For you, it's less fun. But for me, it is very fun to poke at you and say, get off, Dad. Uh, okay, we're, we're going to save that conversation for later. Um But speaking of scary, uh, so the other, uh, my so I saw Beauty and the Beast in the theaters. I, Maybe eight times. I don't know. I, I was four. Um, one of the times that I saw it, one of the repeat viewings I saw it in the theaters, I went with my with my grandpa. Mm. And he would tell the story of um, me being like, four, like very excited, very um, precocious uh, four-year-old who like wants to make sure that everyone knows everything just beca- because I'm four and I know everything. Um, and you'll enjoy this movie. More you'll enjoy if this you know movie this. if you know it all beforehand. I would, I would like, like bop his hand or like lean over, like right before like the wolves or something. I'd be like, Grandpa, this is the scary part. Like it, it's going to be okay, but this is the scary part. So you might want to like hold my hand or something. <laughs> and he would still tell that. Oh man, you are. You are. I was an obnoxious child, but also like it made it right. Like what? I don't know. I teach four-year-olds. Yeah. They don't remember anything. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I don't. I, I remember like bad two at remembering things from things. when I was four. But like me as a four-year-old remembered the sequence of events in an hour and a half movie well enough to be like, oh, this scene coming up. Yeah. This. Like I remember how I felt. Yeah. Um, I, w- I want to talk about something else that we both remember very well from these movies. And that's the music. Um, oh, isn't this amazing? Okay. It's my favorite part okay. because. All right. All right. all right. You'll see. No, we got it. We all know it. We all know the song. Ugh. Um, so the, the, the scores to these movies are drastically different in terms of the people that worked on them. Sure. We've got, on one hand, uh, an experienced uh, pair. Of songwriters. An experienced pair of musical theater of songwriters. musical theater songwriters mm-hmm. in Elton John and... Uh, uh, I see what you did there. Thank you. Uh, no, but we... Hey, uh, Devil Wears Prada. He will soon be an experienced musical theater. He, he, now he's written a lot I of mean, musical theater, Aida, but that was his first one. Oh, uh, well, okay. Yeah. I mean, they, they knew they he was going chance. to be. So, uh, no, Lion King is... It's a, it's a pop star. Uh, yeah, a, a very musically talented pop star, but a pop star in the vein of, say, like um, almost like a Sting or a uh, uh, say his name because I can't remember it. Phil Collins. Uh, so the reason they hired him though was Billy Joel, because oh right, because they did Billy the, Joel did Oliver and Company. Company. And The Lion King in its early stages, I mean, it went through many stages before it became the movie it was. It was 
essentially a throwaway movie for Disney. It was super light. It was going to be a little bit more like Oliver and Company. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, they hired Matthew Broderick basically to do Ferris Bueller yeah. again. Um, and then it turned into something different. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, so I, they hired Elton John to do more of like a breezy, easy score. And then it turned into this like Shakespearean tragedy and redemption story. And then like, uh-oh. like So we have Elton John. I don't know at what point Tim Rice, who's the lyricist, was hired. Um, he had uh, taken over after Howard Ashman's death um, for additional lyrics on Aladdin, mm-hmm. um, working with Alan Menken. So they already kind of had him on retainer, and they're like, hey, so add this. And they had worked with him before. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the score is Hans Zimmer, who has done like kind of like Spielberg-esque, because John Williams Ridley is Spielberg's Scott. guy. Ridley Scott. But Ridley Scott, yeah. yeah. He's done like big live-action motion pictures at yeah. this point. And like, yeah. Big and, is, and since. <laughs> big is big is the right word. He does big scores for big movies. Oh, he also did the score for Prince of Egypt. That, yeah. Nice. Which makes sense. So he's worked with Brenda Chapman, is what you're telling He's me. worked with Brenda Chapman multiple times. Because right. Brenda Chapman My was guy. a story supervisor on Lion King. There we go. Uh, so there's those. Be, before I, I come back to Lion King, I do want to mention Beauty and the Beast is Mencken and Ashman. Yep. Um, the, the the dream team uh they did little mermaid together mm-hmm. ashman um was was getting sick during this movie so yeah. he they did compose all of it together mm-hmm. no one else was brought in but toward the end um of the production cycle and kind of re-recording like uh ashman could not come out to the studio he would he like was, have to be on the yeah. phone um and he actually passed away before the movie's premiere oh I didn't yeah know that. yeah and I know um, he worked a little bit on Aladdin. Yeah, they had they had kind of done a first draft of Aladdin that right. kind of got that basically got thrown out. So what ended up on Aladdin was Prince Ali, the genie songs, Prince Ali and Friend Like Me, which are great. Which, Ashman which songs. sounds correct, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Arabian Nights, yeah. And then one jump. We're not talking about Aladdin. You know, we're one, not talking about Aladdin. One jump was Tim Rice trying to do Howard Ashman. He did a pretty good job. Yeah, absolutely. He did a pretty good job, but only Howard Ashman is Howard Ashman, and there yeah. are there are lines, especially in the Gaston and Mob songs, that yeah. are just like you would laugh, you laughed out loud at this viewing, and you've heard these songs a billion times yeah. before. And uh, Howard Ashman uh, was just a lyricist on Beauty and the Beast. Is that correct? Well, he's just a lyricist, like Stephen Schwartz is just a lyricist. <laughs> No. Uh, Howard Ashman, I believe, was producer on both Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. Mm. Um, he had large hands in the story um, of both. And especially it details in Little Mermaid that ended up kind of being linchpin moments. Yeah, but- and we, we talked about that. It, back in our first episode ah. ever, we talked about some of Howard Ashman's contributions the to the Little of Life. Yeah, Circle of Podcast. Podcast. So Beauty and the Beast also started out as a very different movie than what it ended up as. It was, the way I see that, when I see the animatics of the original, it reminds me, do you remember those like, kind of like anime fairy tale cartoons that would be just like on random TV? Nope. Like, you've not seen a Beauty and the Beast in like, kind of a Japanese style? Uh, I've seen uh, Little Mermaid in that style, okay. I think, yeah. So it it looked and sounded like that, which is to say very... Uh, dry and kind of boring. Um, 
I know people have a lot of opinions, but like, well, there was no music. All right. I anyway, like, I, feel I watched like the animatics. Thro- I feel like you're throwing uh, Japanese animation under the bus. I, I honestly, I think a lot of the, I'm realizing that a lot of my like baggage around Japanese animation comes from bad dubbing. Honestly, like pauses between lines where I'm like, oh, and right? also, like I fall uh, asleep. Cheap animation is cheap animation, no matter what. No, and, you and go that's to. the thing. Yeah, it's not a Miyazaki. Like, like you look at Speed Racer, like that's fun to watch. It's dubbed poorly, and there's like one frame move for five seconds. Anyway, so it was very serious. Yeah, and uh, um, they were they kept running into story problems um, and not being able to kind of work their way out of it in the way that they wanted to. Um, when I'm not sure of the timeline, whether Mencken and Ashman, when they came into the project. Um, but Ashman comes in and looks up the story with the writers because they, they wanted to, um, you know, ask him his uh, ideas on it. And he looks at it and he basically says, well, this isn't Belle's story. This is the Beast's story. And that's how you're going to make this work. And that's how they do make it work. And I feel like one, as an adult, one like weakness of Beauty and the Beast uh, for me watching it as, you know, now is that Belle starts off as this really interesting character Mm. in the first act and then goes nowhere. She doesn't really do anything. And like... Also, like her animation gets poorer in some scenes, like more more like far away scenes. But she's like weirdly off model in some scenes. Yeah, the beast is never off model. Oh no, he's awesome. Well, so but I think this reflects of like they had gotten so far, and then Howard's like, "No, this is a story about the beast." And they go, "Oh," yeah. and then Acts two and three reflect that and a little have, bit better. We've had this conversation before too when we when we talk about Beauty and the Beast, and I'm like, well. Yeah, the the beast, like one of one of um, like a, a common complaint is that Belle doesn't really have a lot of agency, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of like uh, Stockholm syndrome stuff uh, for a great conversation about the Bell uh, Bell and Stockholm syndrome. Uh, check out Lindsay Ellis's mm-hmm. video on said subject. She explains it better than I could. Um, but there's like a, a a lot of like oh Belle's not like a very good like a, a, a she doesn't really propel the story forward yeah. and she shouldn't it's not her story no it's not that's fair yeah um yeah yeah and yeah. like yes and right I mean like, uh, you... she she could she be a better character yeah but um. I guess I feel like the setup, right? Like the first song in the show is, I, I yeah, that's a, it's a good um Johnny Sun tweet. Like Belle at the beginning of the movie, I want much more than this provincial life. Belle at the end of the movie, I guess living in this castle forever is fine. Like well, that's she not gets provincial. set up. No, it's I guess it's not provincial. Uh, also, she gets the I want song though, right? And I feel like it's not super fulfilled at the end. Yeah, she's getting a different life, but. She wants adventures in the great right? like I feel like she has a singular adventure and not adventures. I would argue mm. that her story isn't the first one told. That's true. The No, that's fair. First part of the story told is the beast. Yes. Yeah. And we I'm like musically, yeah. we meet him later, yeah. but over music. Uh, 
Yeah. Over uh, not. <laughs> uh, not Aquarium from Carnival of the Animals. Not, I was going to say Carnival of Souls and I knew it was wrong. Um, yeah. Not o- over not Aquarium. Oh, my gosh. Um, we hear the beast story. Yeah. Uh, and how like we get his I want first that's yeah uh it's not in song Mm -hmm. but like bell is again kind of like a horror movie uh the main character in a friday the 13th movie is jason uh i don't care how many people you put in that movie i don't care how Mm. much backstory you give everyone i'm there for jason i'm there Mm -hmm. for freddy Mm krueger i'm there for the beast Mm -hmm. like this is the beast's story there just happens to be a civilian involved yeah yeah, and I think you're right because I'm thinking musically. Like the music of this movie is what sticks to my bones. No. Um, and Belle's got a lot to sing. The Beast has just my, my paw. paw. Yeah, and that's it in this movie. Like he doesn't get to sing outside yeah. of that song. Gaston has an I want song. Gaston has three songs. Yeah, and uh, one of them is is kind of. Uh, an, I mean, he's got I wants in two of three of his songs. Gaston does the most solo singing in this movie. Belle's got like two and a half, like Belle doesn't have her own song. And when she does, it's like 30 seconds long. Huh. Yeah. Gaston has a song to him. I mean, it's LeFou's too, I guess. But like you keep on saying his name. So, and yeah, the mob song that's, is basically that's, him. That's, that's LeFou's song. Mainly. Yeah. yeah. The mob true. song is Gaston's though. Yeah. It's like a crowd song, but it's his. He is most, he's got the, he sets oh. up, I think the first two verse choruses. Anyway, um, yeah, the music is just like, and that's why. Oh no, I can't talk about this. Okay, next episode. But let's talk about. Um, so, so so Ashman and Mencken, mm-hmm. uh, and Mencken does the score, right. which is incredible. Which this is like his first score he ever did this was his, Little Mermaid. Yeah, this is his second the score. second score, and he it's ever like did. the Little Mermaid score is good. It's, it's not, fun it's to bad. listen to. This score is like. One of the greatest scores of all times yeah. in terms of like motivic work and like complexity in the it like the, how the, did you go from Little Mermaid to Beauty and the Beast? The final scene during, during uh, there is a track on Ooh. the album called Transformation, it which sure is, is during the Beast's transformation, and I will cry listening to that track because mm. it is one. It is ex- like in the music, it is what's happening on the screen. Yeah. But also, you don't have to see what's happening on the screen, yep. which is a horrible travesty uh, against hairy men everywhere. <laughs> uh, but the, the glow that comes out of his fingers, that's cool. Which, uh, um, I actually don't like the animation on that scene at all. I like I, nothing about it. I, I, it just looks like... It looks like Doctor Who. That's fine. Uh, I like it until you see his face, and then you're like, "Oh, it's like, oh, why does he look like that?" Is this the prize? I don't want it. Like- why? <laughs> no. Okay, I, we're gonna we're gonna get back to music. And, well, and, okay. So no, 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 speaking- no, 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 no. Oh, this is oh. this is happening. Okay. We're gonna get back to music because I want to talk about uh, the the guy who uh, may have made most of the music in Lion King work. So, okay. <clears throat> we're going to get Ooh, to we're that. We're going to get to that. Okay. I have, a, I have a segue. Great. But first I want to talk about the beast and his prince form. I need to talk about this. <sighs> that's, why, that's why I said we're going to go back to the music. It's, mm-hmm. the Continue. Beast, so Belle falls in love with a large, burly, hairy, a little rugged 
monster. Yes. But he's he's a large, burly, hairy, rugged guy. Anthropomorphic in many... He stands on two feet. He's, yeah, he stands he on two feet. He uses his hands as hands. He's got a beard. Paws. He's got long hair. Yeah. He's, he's rough. And then when he turns into a prince, he's this weird... Dainty? Gooey-faced. I don't Uh, know how to describe his face other than weird. It's like gooey and angular at the same time. It is off-putting. Blonde. Yeah, it's kind of like a dirty blonde. Yeah. Completely lacking in facial hair. Now, Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of hair on his head. Yeah. But that's it. But as a dude, uh, as a dude with, who just, I just sprout hair all over my body. True. I am much like Gaston. In mm-hmm. that way, uh, I have I have hairy arms and a hairy face and a hairy head and hairy feet. <laughs> I, I am beast-like. Um, Do you use antlers in all of your decorating? Uh, no, I am beast-like. Oh, I have well, cup, I have living cups that are my slaves. Um, but 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 like Gaston would be a much more suitable person for him to turn into. Well, so but we- even more so. A dude with brown hair and a beard, so he at least looks like the beast. Yeah, so we were watching an old episode of Cheap Seats the other night, and we solved this problem. Oh. It's, you need the the professor from Saved by the Bell, the college years. <laughs> that's who you need. I looked at him, I'm like, ah, that's what the prince should look uh, like. For those of you that didn't watch that, but might watch sports, it is uh, lineman Bob Golick. Uh, right. I don't know a lot about football, but I know... Bob Golick. That's the third is what the most famous like. thing I know him for. Say what like, about cheap seats? Yeah. I guess sports. But he's he's a big dude. Yeah, he's got like a big big furry face. He looks like like look him up. Hair. He, looks he looks like the beast. Like a beast. He looks like the beast. He's even look. got like weird long like late eighties hair. Yeah, like he's great. like Michael Bolton ish, but like big. Yeah, yeah. he looks. He's a he looks like a pro, a pro wrestler. He looks like Doctor Death. He looks like like any of a number of mid south wrestlers from the eighties. Like he is a large barrel chested man that could either be really strong or pretty strong and a little fat. Uh, he's awesome. So are he you okay like the with the light coming out of the fingertips if it's Bob Golick who ends up? I mean, I still think it looks dumb. Okay, but sure. See, that seemed to me like I I love it every time. Like. Uh, the light to me feels off. Okay. Uh, because again, like the beast isn't light. No, it doesn't s- need to be a light. No, there's a transformation. It's more transformation than the beast itself. What what I see being done storytelling wise is it's drawing attention to the actual digits changing, so you know kind of where to look yeah. on the screen. Uh-huh. I, I can kind of tell that yeah, because there the, are claws turning into hands. There's not much else on the screen eyes. for each limb, but, but yeah. yeah, when when light beams come out of his toesy woesies, <laughs> it's a little goofy for me. So you talked about it in that scene. You like know where the beats are when you're listening to the music. Yes, like you know when the hand when the toesy woesies are the, shedding light. Yeah. Um, for me, that is in Hans Zimmer's score in The Lion King, like. I can see the confrontation between Simba and Scar. Like I know what every like I can see the swipe. I can the see weird the embers. Slow motion shot. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's 
That is my problem with The Lion King. I think it's a perfect movie other than like eight seconds of slow motion footage during that scene that just look weird. My theory is they had something more violent sketched out and then at the last minute Katzenberg or someone was like, nope, you got to replace it. And they're like, well, we already wrote the score. What are we going to? All right, take this. Two seconds and make it eight. <laughs> Go. Kate, I, I am I am declaring something right now. At the end of this episode, when we do our scene shoutouts, uh, we can absolutely do our normal scene shoutouts. But I also want us to shout out a scene that we do not like in our favorite movies. You I, don't. You yeah, don't have to I, do one. Well, I've already done it. I'm this saying you don't have to do one for Beauty and the done. Beast and Lion King. But okay. I, I want like a long explanation of a scene you don't like. Sure. Great. I can do that. Um, yeah, so I know where every swipe is. Like, this score, usually if I had a Disney cassette, and I had all the Disney cassette, yeah. you listen to side A, um, and then you rewind it and listen to side A again, and you rewind and listen to side A. Because <laughs> um, side lines, B is the score, Side right? B is the score. Why would you listen to the side, score? Side A is all the songs, side B is yeah. the score, so why would you ever turn your tape yeah. over? Even, like, when the pop version comes on, you're like, oh, this is done. Like, rewind. Oh, Peebo Bryce. Peebo, uh, get out of here. Uh, but the Lion King, like I would listen to both sides, especially if I was like, I, I don't know why I was taking a nap as an eight year old. Maybe it was like sick days or something, but like yeah, kids nap. I have specific memories of like laying in my bed, listening to like, da, 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 I also feel like as a kid, you're made to go to bed like two hours before it's realistic for you to fall asleep. I, I will clarify that these memories are daylight based. But I agree with you on that point. Okay. Well, yeah. in the summertime, <laughs> if you go to bed at 8 o'clock, Maybe that it's was it. still daylight. Yeah. So whoop wham. So the score, like, oh. Whoop wham is my new catchphrase. Is it working? I don't, I, no. I Let guess. me try it like 10 or 20 more times. So Hans Zimmer, great work. Elton yeah. John, great melodies. No. Tim Rice, fun, memorable lyrics. They're not all winners. That's okay. Yeah. And those um, are the only people involved. So we can move on. And then. What? There is Lebo. Who? Lebo. What? Lebo M is a South African musician. Hans Zimmer oh, brings Rent him in. Oh, Rent is based off of him. Hans Zimmer brings him in. Uh, he's like, this movie takes place in Africa. We need someone who is from Africa. Good idea, Hans. More of Disney should do this. Anyway, so uh, Lebo is hired um, to uh, add ad lyrics various places. He's um, hired to um, get together a choir of singers. I think they are South African singers in this movie. I don't think it's a choir assembled and then taught Zulu and Kosa. I think it's South African singers. Cool. Um, and so, like, anything you hear in the movie that's not English is Lebo. And it is freaking fantastic. Like... That, that, that Nansingonia, right? Like, I, it's right now, there's a kid in the middle school above us who outside every day or in the gym, like, starts singing, Nansingonia. Like, he doesn't know the Zulu words. That's fine. He wasn't in our production. But, like, this kid just, like, will just start chanting Lion King. Like, maybe it's from the live action, Uh, but. Kate, based on everything I know from before I met you. The words are na na het ya na na biti da bo. Nyansin gonya ma bagiti baba siti yun gonya ma gonya ma gonya ma. 
Um, I, I didn't know the Zulu before I directed yeah, it, and now I do. And what is it? Uh, so it's Kingdom so of Kingdom of Mufasa. Well, so here's the, the interesting thing. On the Lavo is hired. He writes the lyrics, and then Disney bosses ask, "Great, what what does it mean?" And Lebo tells Hans Zimmer, he's like, it's about apartheid. This is 1994. <laughs> and it is. Like, these are all protest songs that he wrote. He's like, it's about apartheid. And Hans Zimmer, and so the lyrics are like, behold, a lion has come, like, to defeat the leopard. So it kind of sounds, if you just translate it like that, it sounds like, oh, interesting. But, like, the um, symbols in, like, African tribes – I think it's the le- the leopard or the jaguar like represents evil, yeah. and it would have been known to a South African that he's basically like talking about Mandela and the the white regime in South Africa. Mm-hmm. So, um, what Hans ends up telling the Disney executives, he's like, "Oh, the, the lyrics are look a little lion. Everyone look at the lion. <laughs> like <laughs> they just make shit up so that the Disney executives Zimmer. will buy it." Z- Zimmer. Good allyship right so, there. So, weirdly, uh, Lion King is uh, sneaky, one of Disney's more progressive soundtracks. Uh, soundtracks. <laughs> yeah, soundtracks. Because yes. uh, the movie is about maintaining the status quo Yay. and not letting anyone else be in charge. Keeping outsiders away. Yeah. Building yeah. a wall between lions and hyenas. The hy- Yeah. <laughs> No, it's upsetting. Like it is, is it upsetting? And like, there's there's a lot of uh, you know articles and podcasts on like the inherent uh, racism in some of the voice casting. That like, yes, you have James Earl Jones as Mufasa, but like you have the hyenas speaking quote unquote like hood, right? right? Like they're street yeah. they're, um, accents, yeah. and they're all actors of color except for you know Jim Cummings. Like he's James like Earl everything. Jones has a. Very uh, white, white passing. Yeah, or voice. like Shakespearean kind yeah, of. Very, yeah, um, yeah. So regal. And and I I tease you a lot about. Oh yeah, uh, and it's about there. the hyenas. It's absolutely being there. lower class outsiders that we don't want in our kingdom because they're going to ruin everything. Yeah, because um, they don't work. Yeah, and you only see like there might there are probably mostly good hyenas out there. You only get to meet three bad apples. Right? Also, they like, dry out the water somehow. It's unclear the mechanics of that. Yeah. So what I choose to focus on is Simba's internal journey. It's yes. not the the life's a journey, not a destination. Oh, but how far can you fly on broken wings? Just push play. That's not the same song. All the way. Uh, So anyway. It's not the same song. Lebo is great. Uh, I also like the story of like the day before their recording Circle of Life, Hans Zimmer like loses contact with Lebo. He can't get a hold of him to be like, hey, we're recording tomorrow. Can you confirm that you will be there? But he cannot get a hold of him. Circle of Life features Lebo. uh, Like he just wrote the song. Though, so Lebo is yeah, the, the first thing you hear in Lion King is Lebo. Is and Lebo? We'll we'll link it uh, like in the show notes, or we'll link it on Facebook. Uh, but also, just look it up. Look up Lebo. Yeah, uh, and like just L E B O. L E B O. And like one of the first results will be him singing "Circle of Life." Like 
five or ten years ago. Oh, and, not the Oscars one. And yeah. sounding exactly the same. Well, he did. Okay. That. Yep. I, I agree with you, and I have another point to add next episode. Okay. Uh, so they can't find him, and then, like, the day of recording, he just kind of, like, shows up at the door, and he's like, hey, guys, uh, ready to record? And everyone's like, where were you? Yeah, that's fine, Lebo. Just get a microphone. So like, I, I'm on time. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Lebo is the secret sauce. He's the secret sauce. It's, it's interesting, because any one of these musicians by themselves, like... I've heard the Elton John demos, and I know we have different opinions on late stage Elton John. Uh, late stage Elton John in nineteen ninety. Last thirty years, Elton John. Uh, anything so after his voice changed. Everything but Crocodile Rock, Elton John. Oh, not Tiny Dancer. Uh-huh. A couple. Anyway, um, I've heard his demos. They have the same melody, and yet. I don't recognize the songs. It's, it's almost like a demo is an unproduced version. No, no, no. Uh, that's but, expected to oh, be changed. Sorry, I misspoke. I've heard Elton John's single versions of the songs in the show. The melody is technically the same if I play it on the piano, but it's not like the orchestration. This is really, I think, I, I, I love Elton John's melodies. I, I tease on it. I rip on him. I think he wrote some great melodies for this musical. Obviously, it's perpetuated um but i really think this is an instance of like the sum is greater than or the whole is greater than the sum of its parts like you've got hans orchestrating probably you've got tim rice orchestrating some things too because he comes from a musical theater background you've got the you've got lebo adding in a different like you said special sauce um and it's just it's just beautiful it's 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 lightning in a bottle it's magic it really and and it shouldn't for this movie that was supposed to be a throwaway Ferris Bueller kind of situation, that uh, yeah. But also, just like, hey, let's uh, let's get the Crocodile Rock guy and uh, this uh, South African uh, writer and like Andrew Lloyd Webber's lyricist and just throw him in a room and see what happens. And Ridley Scott's composer, yeah. And it just Nuts. it just worked. Yeah, it really did. So, uh, Dick, you, you mentioned that the transformation, just listening to it, can make you cry. Yeah. These these are movies that make us cry. That's true. Maybe, so I've got, I don't know, maybe it makes more sense to save it for scene shout out, but like... No, let's, I mean, let's, let's Can you talk. shout out some cry moments? All right. Um, so... Either movie, I guess. Beauty and the Beast, it's uh, the intro. Um, I... I cry at the beginning of things if i already know them uh i've become a big fan of the show hades town currently running on Mm. broadway go see it um i like i cry at the end of that show but also like uh i went and saw it a second time and like the lights went off uh the cast walked out on the stage and i started crying (laughs) the first time i saw wicked i had like listened to the soundtrack but that big Bum, 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 bum. I just oh yeah I started weeping oh I instantly wept then too because yeah. I'm like overwhelmed by what's to come and I'm like just excited Can, about seeing who, this who wrote the score for Wicked uh no one you've ever heard yeah of. you haven't heard of him yeah um Steven Schwartz but so so like uh I cry at the beginning of things a lot of times when I cry so um yeah that like intro sequence in Beauty and the Beast and also in Lion King, excuse mm. me, in Lion King, um, like Circle of Life is gorgeous, but also the 
I mean, the thing that happens in Lion King. Boom. Oh, like Circle of Life ends. Boom. What a, what a weird thing to put in a movie. Yeah. Like three and a half minutes in, just black, and here's the title. And here's the title. But with it a boom. freaking works. It really does. Like, and, it, it, Correct me if I'm wrong. Circle of Life was like a trailer for The Lion King. Yeah. It was just like, would you like to see a trailer for our new movie? Would yes. you like to see the greatest trailer ever made? Here's, here's <laughs> Here. the first three minutes as it will be in the movie, and including the boom with the title of the movie, which seems to only make sense in a trailer except for in The Lion King. Um, similarly, the boom at the end of Lion King. Yeah. To let you know that the movie's over, I get a little tears. Well, but it's also Circle of Life. It's bookend. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. those, those booms yeah. are uh, absolutely do it for me. Mm. Uh, Kate, as the kids say... W B U. What? What about you? Oh, uh, I, my kids don't say that. Uh, no, the kids don't actually. So, say that. Beauty and the Beast tears well up. Uh, um, I want much more than this provincial life. Do 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 do. And you get like the Rolandando and the orchestra, and you get this huge zoom out. To these like rolling hills of France with autumn colors. I think this is a big reason why autumn is my favorite season because it just looks like Beauty and the Beast. Uh, <laughs> uh, it is, zooms out and then she goes into her. We get, I want I mean, adventure. That's the sound of music shot. It is. It yeah. is. It's literally the sound of music. And that's shot. not. I mean, that's not a dig. but no. I'm just saying to, to clarify. Also for the effective here. <laughs> we've got our sound of music shot. This. Big shot of Belle on a hill. Yeah. So much that, like, we went hiking a couple years ago um, to, like, it was a weird hike because it wasn't really a hike. We just kind of walked through a neighborhood for six miles until there was a waterfall. But Wait, are you um, talking about us? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, that was great. But it was, like, early autumn. The leaves hadn't quite changed. But, like, it was upstate enough in New York that there were a little bit of hills and there's a river valley. And, like... We got to the top, and I like started tearing up because I'm like, "This is this is Bell Reprise. This, this is, is Bell. This is it. I want much more than this." Um, so it's just it it sticks. Um, yeah. I love that moment. Um, so was it? What is it like emotionally that that moment does? It's literally the swell. Yeah, like it's just there's too much Ashman's. It's like the swell of the music. Ashman's the... thing is when you know, or you. When you can't, when you can't express it in words anymore, you have too many emotions. You got to sing. Yeah, um, and that's what's happening. Even though she's already singing, but that's beside the point. Um, you have to sing louder, louder. <laughs> so we can hear you. Uh, yeah, it's just it's rollentondos in music, which is a slowing down, but like an especially dramatic slowing down. Um, really get me. It's like the reason why um, kick lines like inspire spontaneous applause at musicals like there's a chemical like response that you're getting to it and, and it's yet, this like tension and, and yes, release you don't want to go see the rockettes with me well i've already seen the rockettes it's like all kick line yeah but it's it's the moment that leads up to the kick line it's not the kick line itself it's okay. you're like but and so another place in the movie that makes me cry is the right before the kick line and be our guest <laughs> 
da 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 it's spinning 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 da 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 course by course one by oh my gosh like i'm tearing up now because it's just that tension of the slowdown and then the release and then you've just got so much going on and it's the same in bell reprise um so it's musical moments in beating the beast um are Although, there any moments in The Lion King? Well, it's funny you ask, Dick, because it's a whole damn movie. Uh, no, Circle of Life, for sure. The bumps, uh, like, there's so many details, and the color is so spectacular. Um, you've got that. You've got, I'm, I'm trying to think of another moment before the big one. Um, Pumbaa's fart. No. Uh, I mean, uh it, to a certain extent, like Mufasa's cloud ghost coming back. But that moment is significant and teary-eyed only because of, like, uh, for me, probably the greatest scene I've ever witnessed in cinema. Zazu running into a rhino's butt. Uh, no, he gets squished by the rhino. He gets squished by a rhino's Excuse butt. me, madam, get yes. off. Uh, no, it's the, the wildebeests have passed and... Scar has said, long live the king, and let his brother fall to his trampled death. I mean, thrown his brother. Yeah, he he does throw. Um, And so you just see this mass of uh, inanimate lion on the ground. Simba, who already, like, Disney is very careful about their, um, like, size ratios. Like, they have these charts. Um, but I feel like for Mufasa and Simba, they change sometimes depending on the scene and depending on their dynamic. In this scene... And even like the camera angle. Yeah. Right? So in this scene, Simba starts to walk toward his dad. Simba oh. looks like the smallest little runt compared to this massive being on the on the ground. You get another wildebeest running by after a few seconds. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And Simba... Is mm. uh, he looks? He he looks at his father on the ground, and the animation and the pacing and the storytelling and the voice acting. He starts by saying, "Dad," and then he smiles. "Dad, you got to get up," which is a callback to an earlier moment. And then, and then the smile fades away again. And then, like you see the the Kubler Ross stages of grief in like short form. Right? You see, like, denial. You see, like, sadness. Oh, it's... Way to name drop Kubler-Ross. Yeah. Um, but it's... And, Dad, Dad, you gotta get up. Tries to lift the paw. Can't. So he just snuggles under the paw instead. Uh, uh. For fans, <laughs> listeners, uh, Kate is now crying. <laughs> Uh, I can't. It's like kids losing their parents. I can't. I no. I just lose it. But it's for me in this last viewing. Like I I was looking because I'm like I know I'm gonna weep. Like I just I need to be paying attention to like crystallize the moments. And for me the 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 turn point is Simba smiling. He's like pretending it's a game, even though he already knows. Yeah. Like Simba already knows. The dad's not waking up, but it feels like, like I get a sense memory of like, um, uh, like there was a one time where like I was driving in a blizzard and my car like 
went off the road. Like it was like slippery. I went like over a median, back over a median into a ditch. And like I was lucky to be alive. But also there was a bit of me being like, oh, no, this car must be totaled. But like, oh, but maybe it's not totaled. Maybe I can just dr- keep driving. Like maybe maybe this isn't a, a thing. Like I can just keep driving and this was a close call. And of course, it's not. Then you have to like get your car towed and you find somebody. Your car? Uh, that I did not total that car. Hey, I totaled a different car. But um, I'm so glad I drive. Yeah, I'm yeah. so glad I don't drive. Yeah. Um. So blizzard conditions, but like I, I empathize in that moment of like I know this is a bad situation, but like maybe it didn't happen. Like maybe. I can just continue as normal. Maybe if I pretend, yeah. it'll be okay. Yeah, and then and then the sink after that is that much more profound and it's and then for then Scar to come in, run, run away and never return. You know that Simba's going to take that bait immediately cuz he wants to run. You've seen you've seen like and and if and like and then like if an adult had comforted him in that moment, had comforted him, how would his story have been different? I think it especially carries weight when you know what's what's going to happen too. Like, if an adult had been a, an adult, <laughs> um, oh, I, moment of silence on my part for that scene because it's great. That's all because this is a podcast. But so I'd I'd like to bring <laughs> up a, a, a completely different thing. Uh, it's just it's just a question about Beauty and the Beast. Uh, it's been addressed by other people, but I just want to I want to get it out there. Uh, so there's a bunch of servants <laughs> that get turned into cups and plates and stuff. Cups and stuff, right? Uh huh. What happened to the cups and stuff? Yeah. Like, did they? <laughs> did is Mrs. Potts' soul inside of a teapot? Or did she get turned into a teapot? Because that's what it seems like. That's a strong question. But then shouldn't there be like another teapot somewhere? So I think kind of what my brain wants it to be, and I don't know if this is canon or not. Things with eyes are people. Things without eyes are cups and stuff. Are like just animated, like the plates are just animated. They, yeah, they plates. become enchanted, but they're not necessarily, they were never humans and they're not going to be human again. So somewhere there is a teapot that is just hidden. Yeah, or they don't own a teapot that looks like that. I mean, but they Or they don't own, own a teapot. teapot. I don't know. You think, you think the beast doesn't own a teapot? Yeah. So where this falls apart is I think all the the little chips in the cupboard, I think they all have eyes. Um, and you don't, them. you only see one kid and at the, the end. the dog doesn't have eyes. The dog doesn't have eyes, but... Uh, I mean, the I dog think, has eyes. But, but the... I think, to be fair, I think it's a shaggy dog where you don't see his eyes. Mm. So it could be that the fringe on the Ooh, ottoman is covering is, his is eyes. hiding the eyes on the ottoman. Just like a dog. Hey, uh, if you're a... If you're a listener and you're good at art, please draw an ottoman with eyes because it would creep Kate out. With the show, it would creep creep me out. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Uh, yeah, I just because like the, they're they're like dancing plates and silverware in BR Gas that do not have eyes. Yeah, but like other eating receptacles, including Mrs. Potts, that 
do have eyes. So it's also, not like one type Chip or the other. blowing air from? Yeah, that's he also... Like, he blows bubbles, but how? It's kind of like a blowhole situation, but also he doesn't have any... There's no hole. There's no... Um, yeah, there's no pocket in which to build the tension to blow a bubble. It doesn't make any sense. No. I just... I. I just feel the need to bring some of these maybe, things yeah, up. Yeah, maybe it's like maybe he's like an insulated teacup, and his face is just on the outside layer, and then there's an like he's inside a thermos. Kind of, yeah. I think we'd notice. Yeah, but a straight up hole would just let the water out. Also, he's named Chip because because he has a chip out of him. See, that could just be the enchantress making a funny, right? Ah, your name is Chip. I'm going to make you a... But also, he has like a chipped tooth, Injured. Right? As a human? Yeah. What? I don't know. That might not be true. I've... I That I, that sounds like something you're making up. That does. No, he's got a crack in his porcelain yeah. head, But as a I human, guess. as a human, does he have no chips out I think of his him? name is just Chip. I think that's the joke. It's weird. I think you're doing a Cars here. I just no. I think I'm you're not, pulling a car. I'm not pulling a car. They're enchanted objects. They can work however no, the I'm, enchantress wants. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I do want to address that. You said I'm pulling a cars in reference to me being very upset at cars because it's inconsistent and doesn't make sense. Sometimes the headlight is a nose. Sometimes, Sometimes the headlight it's boobs. is boobs. Yeah. You can't have both. It mm. can't. It can't be both things. Uh, you have to pick one and obey the rules that you made. So I'd Beauty say, and the Beast yeah. obeys the rules that it made. Because there's one of everything and that's all. And there's never a point in this movie where I'm like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Like, people people make fun of, you know, like, oh, you're, you're complaining about Superman can lift a building, uh, but he couldn't lift that big rock, but you're not upset that he could fly. And it's like, well, no, you've set up rules yeah. In the movie. If the rule is he can fly, he can fly. Yeah, it's more the internal, right? Like It's the like internal logic, yeah. Cogsworth's nose and mustache are on the inside, we think. Yeah. But then Nor- Maurice sneezes on the outside, and then his hands are able to windshield wiper it. But that doesn't make sense. Yeah. You can't do that from the other side. It's un- there are problems. It's unclear, yeah. Like, there there some- are some consistency issues um, but also they're enchanted, so I don't know. But there's not maybe they a, can clean the other side of glass. There's not an economy that's failing that it is unclear how it works. Yeah, the stakes of the Cogs, objects Cogsworth's being what they are. Internals are not of main story point. No. Um, one but that's fair. One other thing I want to bring up about Beauty and the Beast, uh, and and the no, this is this is not that uh, is the music. This has oh. Both Beauty and the Beast and Lion King have non-diegetic songs. Yeah. They have they have songs that are being sung by the characters, mm-hmm. but the characters are not literally singing them on yeah, screen. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there are any exceptions. I think you could argue Gaston as like a bar song, but I don't think that it would be a strong argument. What? I'm just I'm trying to challenge what you're saying. I'm just trying to think. Sorry. So I want to, I guess I want to make it clearer what I mean. Okay. Is can you feel the love tonight? Mm-hmm. And, um. Beauty and the Beast. Oh, no, I Beauty see what you're saying. The song Beauty. Oh. Um, 
so I guess oh, non-diegetic isn't the word, but um, something there that wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. And Can You Feel the Love Tonight are much of the song not sung out loud by the characters. No, but it is the, it has portions where the characters sing in a voice that sounds like them. Yeah. Right. So like Can You Feel the Love Tonight starts with Timon uh, literally singing. Yeah. And then it's two lions playing. Well, there is music. Well, yeah, there there's an singing. unidentified kind of like Circle of Life, an unidentified narration singer. So, two songs in Lion King are would, not really sung by the characters. So, I would not describe Circle of Life as an unidentified narration singer. That's Nala and Simba singing. Circle of Life. Sorry, not Circle of Life. Uh, can you feel well, the love who sings? Tonight? Can you feel the love Nala. tonight? What? I don't know. Is that what you've thought your entire life? Yeah. Cool. I've never thought that. Why not? It's a different singer. Oh. It's a different singer and the timbre is all different. I've not identified that. That's so cool. You're welcome. How does that change things? Oh my gosh. I don't know. And I I don't totally believe you. Whoa. So you've been thinking that Nala has been... Why, why isn't it Simba, too, that sings it? He Is he not the feeling end. the love tonight? In the, at the end, they sing together. So Absolutely. Uh, absolutely, There's, this there's a version of this song we can talk about next episode where that's absolutely correct. Hmm. All right, we'll look at this. In my reading... But Nala and Simba, Simba do sing yes, this song. But in my reading, okay. Simba only sings the so many things to tell her, that part. And Nala only sings... It's uh, he's holding back. But he's don't hiding. don't a boy and a girl sing together at the end? Not really. It's more of an ensemble. It's more like Circle of Life. Mm. There are male voices, but I'd say the soloist is only a female. So this is fascinating. So I'm anyway, so glad this came up. So anyway, <laughs> in this song we have Simba and Nala singing. Yes, but their mouths are not moving because they are not literally singing. They're lapping up water. Yeah. Um. Similarly, mm-hmm. in Beauty and the Beast, uh, we have a scene where the Beast and Belle are singing. Yeah. But their characters, their their, their mouths aren't moving. They're yeah, not literally singing. It's internal monologue. Um, one of them sings, my paw. The other one sings, alarming. Yes. Like oh, Streisand. It's great. Because that was the note she received from Howard Ashman. <laughs> Single word, Streisand. And then she did it exactly the way he wanted. She did it perfectly. Um, yeah, it, it's, that's interesting. I, I yeah, that's a neat parallel. And that's that's not something that happens in Mermaid. That's not something that happens in Aladdin. Uh, yeah, that's that's correct. I'd have to think more about those two that movies. Does it's, happen in Prince of Egypt? It's possible that Aladdin. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Don't fact check me live on well, air. I, I have a again. working knowledge. I was I was starting to go through the songs, but then it's gonna take up too much time. Oh. Then anyway, um, yeah. But in terms, it, it, so going back to the term non diegetic, these are these are pretty squarely musicals. You know, yeah. like um, Fathoms Below is a sea shanty that the guys on the ship maybe are singing. I don't know yeah. if you see their mouths move, but it's implied. But yeah, there's there's shipmen. Um. Prince Ali is probably diegetic. Like, like he is, it's happening he is in the parade. singing to this crowd yeah. of people. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, these two movies, 
Not so much. Maybe Hakuna Matata you could make an argument Hakuna for. Hakuna Matata could be, but it's a little Especially iffy. with their improvs at the end, the Hakuna Matata. Like, my, they could just be My question. Yeah. I'm and, sorry. And um, I... Lion Sleeps Tonight, the little... Oh, Wee! yeah, they... They are actually Nathan Lane, that, yes. yeah, as they're hunting. So uh, again, diegetic meaning it is actually happening within the world. There is music playing in the world, or so music like, singing in the world. So, like, if music was happening, uh, if uh, so, if there's uh, a person singing it, and mm-hmm. we are meant to believe that they are literally singing, mm-hmm. it is diegetic. Like, say, a stripper mouse in a, a bar. Sp- where Basil and Dawson are. Correct. Diegetic. So, um, we've addressed some of the songs, but there's one song that I, I, I want to figure out. Uh, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Because at the end, yeah, I don't know if at the beginning, but at the end we absolutely see Mrs. Potts singing yeah. the song Beauty and the Beast. And... Belle and well, the Beast are dancing. They to are it. dancing. So I think they less than her mouth moving, where like other characters' mouths move during technically non-diegetic songs because they're just saying it. Yeah. So she could just be telling a story to Chip, right? But my argument for diegetic would be actually Lumiere's that last dun 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 when he's dimming the lights to the music. Yeah, like. That's Everything is like, happening to that music, and they are dancing to that music. But I don't know where the instrumental would be coming from then. It's unclear. Maybe there's like cellos and things. Yeah, there's a haunted cello <laughs> somewhere. Uh, so it's it's interesting. They're they're dancing to music somehow, or not, and it's just weird. <laughs> it, 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 that's possible. They're just dancing to silence, which feels very like um, like the room. <laughs> Right, like it seems like something yeah. that would happen in 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 that movie, uh, but at the end, Mrs. Potts is clearly singing. So here's the question: Are Belle and the Beast dancing to a song called about, Beauty about them with a pretty mean nickname for one of them? That's, I mean, but <sighs> and being like. These two people are gonna hook up. Do-da, so who, do-da. So here's another question I had. <laughs> who ca- No, who calls him the Beast first? Uh, like Gaston does, but like Belle says, show me the Beast. Yeah, well... Uh, uh, but I, the, the objects never call him Beast. They call him Master. I, I guess her dad kind of calls him Beast. Is he the maybe? one who kind of gets the moniker? Yeah. Yo, it is not clear. But at the end, she's like, show me the beast. That's his name. The Similarly, beast. no one calls Rafiki the name Rafiki except for himself. And when he says it, he says, let old Rafiki show you the way. Now, Rafiki in Swahili means... <clears throat> yep. Incorrect. He says, let old Rafiki show you. He knows the way. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. Rafiki in Swahili means friend. Mm-hmm. So he could be saying, let old friend show you the way. Yeah, he, he could might, be meaning the Swahili word. He may just not have like a name. And his name is just for merchandising purposes. And for like Robert Guillaume to know where he's supposed to speak. Well, but yeah, also his name is in the script. So. His name is in the script. So we do know that he has a name. But like so is the Beasts, well, right? Guillaume but like, is great. Yeah. 
Have we? Have, can we just do an episode on him? The whole voice acting cast of uh, uh, both these movies, but specifically yeah. The Lion King, is memorable. Yeah. I mean, Beauty and the Beast as well. well like, can we? Can we? Oh, we can't. It's not related. But we'll talk about Robbie Benson later. Yes, we'll talk about Robbie Benson later. <laughs> no, these voice casts, are like, yeah, no, we oh, will. We have so many stories for the next episode. And I knew these voice casts growing up. We yeah. had books on tape that had. Like, the first page was just a big blow-up version of, like, character, actor, character, uh, actor. And I was like, yes, I'm memorizing all these. Um, character actors. Ca- ca- well, kind of. A lot of them, yeah. Um, David Ogden Steers, for sure. I remember seeing an episode of Celebrity Jeopardy as a kid with my mom that um, Jerry Orbach was on. and Oh, like uh, actual Celebrity Jeopardy. Yes. Yeah, not not, 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 not Will Ferrell. Yeah. Um, but Alex Trebek introduced him as, like, star of... What was he on? Law and Order? Law and Order. Star of Law and Order and this thing. And I turned to my mom. I'm like, why didn't they say Beauty and the Beast? And then she's like, uh, uh, so that little kids wouldn't think that like Lumiere isn't real. I'm like, do kids watch this show? And she's like, that's a good uh, point. I don't have an answer for you. I'm like, you, why wouldn't you name the most famous thing he's been in? We live in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler alert for you. Uh, spoiler. We live in New York. Uh and I, man, this is this is absolutely like a Paul F. Tompkins bit or a Patton Oswalt bit or something. But there were billboards for a while talking about how like Jerry Orbach gave his eyes to science. Oh yeah, and now two people can see. Uh-huh. So there's a chance that we have met someone with one of Jerry Orbach's eyes. I mean, I guess that's true. That's possible. We have, may have met Jerry Orbach. I mean, probably a lot of people met Jerry Orbach with Jerry Orbach's eyes also. Yeah, but we didn't. Yeah, but we didn't. But maybe we met one of Jerry Orbach's eyes. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, anyway, one time I saw <laughs> Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick live in The Producers. It was great. Huh. Also, one time, uh, because of The Lion King, I had a childhood crush on Nathan Lane. Uh... That, yeah. didn't, that turned out well. That turned, turned out, out really well. You still love Nathan Lane, though. I do so still love Nathan out. Lane. We recently saw him. We saw him in Gary. Uh, he was great. Oh. The show was um, challenging. He <laughs> Challenging makes it seem like it was People good. People who've seen it twice, like, love it. People who've Gary, seen it once, don't. It, We've seen it once. Challenging makes it seem like it was good and that it challenged us. It was not it did not. And I, I refuse the, we'll see it twice and you'll get into I, it. That's the same as people being like, oh, Wheel of Time is a boring series if you only read the first three books. Or like, no, Final Fantasy Twelve is great. You just have to play for 60 hours before it gets good. No. No. Make it good the first time. I'm not seeing it twice. I'm definitely not seeing that uh. a second time. Uh, anyway... It yeah. makes me happy that people still recognize these people for their roles. Like, yeah. I feel like Angela Lansbury is murder she wrote to a certain number of people, like yeah. a certain generation. But I feel like our generation's like, oh, Mrs. Potts. Like, yeah. Like when she sang at or the a end little of. Night music. Maybe. They're like, oh, yeah, send in the clowns. We know that. She sang at the end of uh, the new Mary Poppins movie, oh. Mary Poppins Returns. And it, like, in spite of ourselves, because we hated that movie. It was so like, in spite of ourselves, we both start tearing up. The, second, it's like, the second I heard her oh, voice, I started crying. And I didn't know why. <laughs> I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. I'm so bored. Oh, I got oh, it. Oh, tell us all this time. Yeah. 
Yeah. I sang that in a fourth grade talent show with my neighbor Danny. He played piano. Yeah. We brought down the house. That's all. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did we, you put we, it back up? Well, I was told I should sing jingles. I've got a good voice. It was okay. a weird interaction. That is weird. It was a fourth grade. Yeah. So, uh, Kate. All right. Do you do you have anything else you want to? You want to? Th- I mean, I know we have like, like so much. We right? could go uh, on. I know there this is. This is why we have to do two episodes. And there is so much. There more is a lot more that I want to say. Just these individual movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to talk all about Whoopi Goldberg and how she might be a bigger Disney fan than we are. But that can be in the next episode. And Jim Cummings. And like, oh my God, Jim and Cummings. His, like, he's not playing a firefly. He's outtake great. reel from just like an hour of laughing like Ed the Hyena for various <laughs> takes. It's the greatest piece yeah. of behind the scenes footage I've uh, ever seen. Yeah, so so we're gonna we're gonna run we're gonna r- start wrapping up. We're gonna head into the final cuts. I do wanna say, hey, if you're out there and you're listening to us. And you want to hear us talk about some movies that you love, please hit us up. Uh, Facebook seems to be uh, where we're most, Where the heat is. Where the heat is right now. But you can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, email, or whatever. Uh, and also make sure to stick around for episode number two, Definitely. which comes out in another two weeks. And all of our handles are Cellmates Podcast. Yeah. Um, and the email is at Gmail. So that's dot .com, that's Facebook. That's yeah. Twitter, yeah. Um, but yeah, and make sure you make sure you come back for that second episode because Kate's got uh, some Ernie Sabella tales. I do. I uh, we could we we could probably just do two hours on Ernie Sabella. Yeah, and he might show up in the middle of he, it. Yeah, it's kind of a Beetlejuice situation. I yeah. think. Oh, yeah. how many times did we say his name? I don't know. <laughs> knock knock knock. Uh, but so let's let's jump into the final cuts. Let's start wrapping things up, Kate. All right. Uh, I before. Before we get into our regularly scheduled final cut of scene shoutouts, mm-hmm. I want to do a scene shout ins. Scene shout away. This scene sucked, sis. Some kind of preposition, yeah. Take, uh, uh, take, a, take a scene from Lion King that you don't care for or that doesn't work for you. Break it down for us. Yeah, it's that slow motion scene. Yeah, like one hundred percent. It's the it's this weird thing in the movie. So the the fight scene is well choreographed. Otherwise, you've yeah. got swipe, you've got fire, you've got this amazing score this is behind the ending it. Ending fight scene between Simba and, and Scar. Yes, and they are uh, dialoguing during it. It's very you know it's very Shakespearean, right? This movie is based on Hamlet in in part. It's very um, Star Trekky. Sure. It's like here's a big punch, and then we'll talk for a little bit. But here's like big... that's like a sword fight in Shakespeare. Yeah. But, you know. So they're having these big conversations, right? Of like, I, you killed your father. No, I didn't. I killed your father. Say it louder. Say it louder so they can hear you. So Simba like starts to kind of regain his confidence, yeah. and like this lie that he's heard is that he's internalized. He, he gets like extra strong life. Yeah. based on emotion. Yeah. Um. So it's this beautiful scene, and then they like, like they get on their hind legs to like attack each other, kind of like standing up, like. And it's just, I mean, as I said earlier, I think they had more footage and they had to cut it, but Hans's score was done. So it's just this slow motion, like you could add like a sound effect as they're like lunging toward each other, and it's like. What's an? It, 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 give me a normal trains? frames per second. 
No, like, choo, 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 choo. I don't know. Once upon a time, there was a railroad track. Give me, mm. like, a number of frames per second that a normal movie is. Uh, 24. Okay, so it's, like, one. <laughs> like, I mean, we... No, it's, like, four frames per second. Legitimately, we're at, like, four FPS. It's yeah. chunky. It is. It's chunky, and it's... they. I think they tried their best to make it look stylized and not just cheesy, but they didn't get there. It's, and especially because the whole scene around it is like a 12 out of 10 that when it dips, you're just like, what? It's such a weird part of and the Lion King. And it's very long. Like, even longer than I remember. I know it's coming and every time I just, oh, I shake my it's head. Like, like, no, don't pay attention to this part. Oh, no, this again. Um, yeah, I minimize it in my head between viewings, but it's pretty yeah. hard to watch. Yeah. But like, okay, there's six seconds of the Lion King that don't work. Done. For me, at least. Yeah. Lion King for you, Dick? Oh, oh, I'm doing Lion King, too. Oh, no, either this one. Is, this is fine. Um, so, Lion King, scene that doesn't work besides the slow-mo fight. Um, well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what bothers me. Is uh, Scar chasing Simba off and then sending the hyenas to kill him? Mm. I, I, that's just a bit that bothers me Slabby. because it's it's just very yeah it's very James Bond villain and like I've tried to justify it in my head as oh well he doesn't actually want blood on his hands mm. he doesn't actually want to do the deed yeah but he just killed someone he just killed his yeah brother. maybe he can't kill so it's a like, baby what's the what's holding you and also like the hyenas have effed up a previous plan days yeah. earlier like yeah, they are not to be trusted uh oh also uh two excuse me sorry it's a little one uh zazu singing it's a small world after all hate it uh hate it we'll put a pin in this i've got news for you next week i've got news for you uh it sucks i got you're gonna hate it more good um, Wait, did did Katzenberg put it in there? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying, <laughs> did, in our next episode... Did Mike Myers originally no, uh, say... It, no. It's just, it's so Shrek. It's so hacky. I'm yeah. excited for the next episode. Because yeah. I feel like I don't know what this is. I feel like I've told you about it, but that's okay. You're but forgetting I this moment. I have a poor memory. No. Um, all right, so Beauty and the Beast. Oh, no, I think I know what this is. Now. Yeah. Okay. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast. What doesn't work in Beauty and the Beast for you? So it's like, it's little moments. It's not entire scenes. Yeah. Um, it's like the animation of the townspeople at the end of Belle. Because up to this point, they all have faces that kind of look on a universe model with Belle and Gaston. And then at the end, they're just like Warner Brothers characters um, with like goopy noses you're, and like beady eyes. You're, take it, you're taking my bit. Well, yeah, but it's it's weird yeah it's um, so it's so weird there is some um in general can we talk about the one guy in in particular no There's he sounds guy, like that we don't we yeah, can't hear it but you, you know he him, sounds like no. but it's right at the end of bell there's this guy bell. with a belly yeah and his shirt's like sticking out of his not shirt. his shirt isn't covering his belly and he's got like puffy blonde hair and he's got a face where it just looks like he's going and he's so he he, he does doesn't not belong in the fit world in the universe. Oh, no. it doesn't make any sense for him to be there. Um, I've kind of grown to love him. He looks there's a, if anyone watched the show Hysteria, uh, like I did, 
There's a character yeah. in Hysteria. I actually know who you're talking about. That he looks a lot like. So <laughs> I haven't thought about Hysteria in 20 years. That's yeah. Because why would you? Um, there are certain moments of the. Okay. In general, I really love the um, the objects fight scene with Gaston's kind of crew at the mm-hmm. near the end of the movie. It's like super cartoony, but it works really well. There are some moments that are like, oh, this is like uh, very sexist or like. This is a little bit homophobic slash transphobic. Like, there's no. some, like, just moments of, like, yeah, this was the early 90s. We didn't have thing. The one of the guys goes into the wardrobe and then he comes out dressed as a woman. And it's, like, funny because he's dressed like a woman. It's, like, I don't know if we need to mind comedy from that. I don't know. Uh, uh, okay. In fairness, he did not go in dressed as a woman. No. Uh, and I do think a, there's a slight. A magical wardrobe changed his clothes. Yeah. I, I I get it. I'm it's not just saying like, I'm not know. saying that's not part it of it. It doesn't make me laugh, so I don't. Um, I do also think it's a it's a green skirt, a purple bra, and a red wig. So I do think it's a slight aerial reference Ariel, yeah. as well. Um, maybe that's why he was screaming is because it's universe breaking. He's like, oh my god, I've just realized that we're all cartoons created by this company. Uh, CK, you're just not looking deep enough into it. Yeah. So, yeah, similarly, like, the Lumiere and the Feather Duster stuff is like, mm, okay. Uh, and then, like, any time that Belle is off-model, like, it super bothers me. Uh, oh, uh, can you pick a specific time where she's very off-model? Yeah, there's a scene uh, where she and Maurice are si- So I can, like, picture the scene. I can't picture where it is in the movie. But, like, she is sitting... With Maurice. Maybe it's outside of their house. Uh-huh. Or maybe it's... I don't know, but it's far enough away and, like, her face is shaped different. It's re- it's like concave in a weird place. Yeah. And it's just like, who who did this? Like, who did this to you? That's interesting. My off-model moment where it really bothers me is during the, like, wolf fight. When the beast is, like, oh. chasing the wolves off her. With the hair? Like, her hair is is like down and her face i feel like changes and she just doesn't look like her i can i can understand that it's really weird it's it's like an uh, anastasia where like it's like maybe the hair physics isn't correct like maybe your hair just moved but you've become a different person yeah like the hairline moves i can get that i like hair down bell i think that's neat um but yeah it does also like I, okay. Okay. You no, got no, no. a few. This is not. This is not a scene. This is. I don't know how the ballroom hair works. Like. Say more. Think of Belle's hair in that ballroom scene. Yeah. How do you? How do you do that? Like it's not fastened anywhere, and like the weird bun she has, like is I mean, super it's just, loose. It's just pinned. You can't do that with hair. I don't know. No, you can't do that with hair. Um, but a magical wardrobe and a magical brush and yeah, some I magical guess. bobby pins. I feel like that I know alive. how the beast's hair is like staying in place. Yeah, I, it bells is just a mystery. Yeah. Anyway, that's part of the magic. So should we move on to scene shoutouts for I thought, good things? I thought I had a scene here. Did you? I'm sorry. I, I you mean, like Beauty and the Beast. I'm sorry. Go, you, go, go, you go. Have, you gave like 10 different scenes that didn't work for you in Beauty I, and the Beast. I'm just in my uh, uh, airing of grievance and stage. <laughs> took all of the ones I had previously thought of. Well, see, there you go. Now thank, you don't have to say anything bad about thank it. Thank you for that. But I can still, I'm sure, find something somewhere inside of Beauty and the Beast that doesn't quite work for me. Um, 
and that thing is uh the song beauty and the beast is just terrible i hate it it's really that's not true that's a lie (laughs) knife in my heart that's a that's a lie uh kate i'll tell you what this is not a negative scene shout out but it is a part of beauty and the beast that uh is really silly and goofy and dumb and has recently become one of my favorite parts of beauty and the beast for being so silly and goofy and dumb uh the beast is trying to win Belle's affection and be nice <laughs> to her. He knows that she likes books, so he takes her to a library uh, within the castle. Within the castle. Where she is a prisoner. And <laughs> she uh, she opens her eyes and she's like, oh my God, it's amazing. And he says, <laughs> or he says, do you like it? She's like, yes, it's amazing. He says, well, then it's yours. <laughs> He gives yeah, her, not a lot of logic to gives it. Gives her a room <laughs> in his castle where she is a prisoner. What does that even mean? What does that come close to meaning? Uh, I yep. That's it's something. It's a it's a phrase I've been trying to use more around the house. There's a lot of uh, yeah. Like oh hey, hey problematic. Hey, hey Dick, you uh this, this floor is really clean. You did a good job. Well. It's if you like it that much, it's yours. Okay, okay, this, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Like if you like it that much, come here as often as you like, yeah, or like co- co- help me purchase my next book order. Like, but what is the difference between a room that is hers and a room that is right? not hers? I guess the West Wing is forbidden. But is the bedroom hers? Yeah, like, like if she likes it that much, is it hers? I, uh, yeah, I, she should have just been like, "Oh, cool, I like my freedom." There's, you know, sometimes I get upset at people poking holes in Beauty and the Beast, but there are just uh, so many holes to poke. Yeah. It's a great, I, I still love the movie. And I forget still about, love it. I forget about the holes while I'm watching it's the movie because I'm so wrapped up in it. It's a very porous film. <laughs> yeah. Um, Extremely. Yeah. That's so true. So, to, 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 to counterbalance up some of the yeah, porous, Kate, I don't know, I'm trying to. Kate, why don't you pick a scene in. Oh, I don't know. Let's let's do Beauty and the Beast first. Sure. Uh, tell me a scene in Beauty and the Beast that really does work for you and that really uh, does work for you. Yeah. I said it right so, the first time. I'm glad I forgot this because now I can use it now. Um, <laughs> a scene that does make me cry in this movie is when Maurice has been freed from the castle, Belle has taken his place, and he runs into town like, someone's got to help me save my daughter. And he stumbles upon Gaston and his crew in the bar. He says, someone please help me. And they like fake humor him for a while. Yeah. They go, does he have big fangs? Yes, big, terrible. Is he the six feet tall? Yeah, he had eight, ten. Um, and so they go, sure, we'll help you. And he goes, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Like he is just... He is believing in their kindness and He's their so help. Polite. He's so polite. Yes. He says, oh, thank you, thank you. And then they throw him out in the cold and they laugh help at him. him. Out. And like his um, like earnestness in that moment, yeah. that he's like, he really thinks that these guys are going to help him. You know, as the audience member, that's not going to happen. Yeah. But like he's desperate and he's so grateful. And then they just throw it in his face. And oof. No. It, it's good character work. Wow, nice. 
Yeah, you really, you've really learned to hate Gaston there. Yeah. Because up until like, like I'd say like Gaston kind of just starts out as a jerk. Right. He's he's kind of a Biff Tannen from Back to the yeah. Future. He's just kind of a bully. Like he's he's not cool. Uh, he's kind of uh, like a little. He's uh, vain. He. Yeah. He's he's vain and he's, he's all about uh, the outside appearance. I just finished my uh, sexual harassment training mm. course at work, or anti-sexual harassment training course at work. Good clarification. And uh, Gaston violated. Uh, so, I mean, they're not in a work they're type not in a relationship. Environment, yeah. But uh, you know, just because you're not in a work environment doesn't mean it's not sexual harassment. That's right. Uh, so there's you know he's got some problems, but he's just kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the point, this is like the point where he starts to turn from just like being kind of a jerk to like, oh, oh, he's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. He's not just Yeah, like, Gaston pompous. is not the villain song. Right. The villain song is the mob song yeah. later, but yeah, he starts on this turn at this yeah. point. That's a good, that's a good angle. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What is, uh, uh, Dick... Could you shout out a scene from Beauty and the Beast? Yeah, uh, I'm going to go like a little bit of a different approach, but also mention the same guy. Uh, real quick, real quick, a uh, guy we forgot to mention uh, this whole time is uh, the uh, asylum. Tony J. Tony J. The as- he runs the asylum. He sure does, and you're making hands like I'm making it. hands yeah. to indicate. Mr. Burns' uh, hands, yeah. Yeah, it's it's Cloud Frollo from Hunchback. It sure is. Has like five lines in this, yeah. and every line he speaks, I'm just like, <gasps> what's Frollo? He's oh oh that voice. He's a good villain. Good oh, villain voice. So good. Um, yeah. So I I will say that my scene shout out as an effective. Uh, scene is Gaston, the mm-hmm. song Gaston. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to talk about because it is off limits for this conversation. Any other versions of Gaston, uh, where I don't know what you're talking. Josh about. Gad's maybe in it. Yep. I'm just saying. Wah, I'm not. Wah, wah, wah. T- I'm not talking about Josh Gad and how terrible he is. Next episode. In talk most as long things. as you want. Next episode. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, G- Gaston is like I laughed a lot in Gaston, both yeah. at the at the lyrics uh, and at the um, animation because there is some really funny animation, especially like like uh, LeFou trying to catch eggs and they like all land on his face bup, 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 or bup. yeah, and a lot of it to music, mm-hmm. which is really effective. And you see, you know, you see Gaston. <laughs> Go from being uh, really down and depressed to being very like, yeah, I, I am awesome. I am full of myself. And you see that like, it's not just him. Like Beauty and the Beast uh, uh, is society, man. Um, you know, like Gaston is not just a prick because he's a prick. He's a prick because all of these people boost him because he's enabled yeah mm-hmm. he's enabled and then at the end we've got the mob song where he is similarly enabled it takes a village to raise a Gaston. yeah his yeah his capital is it helps him get yeah. what he wants even though it's not in anyone's best interest to- yeah so it like it establishes that relationship of him and mm-hmm. the people mm-hmm. um but it also is just a funny song yeah dude eats eggs 
I'm I, I am by the way also not going to mention uh any different lyrics that I've heard where Gaston for some so, reason isn't covered in hair. Well here's the thing okay, that's next week. I'm just saying that you I'm not. You made fun of me when I said, "Should we have a special sound I told you for when one of I'm, us goes off track?" And you said you're going to hear I'm it a lot because you're going to be the one that's doing I'm it. I'm not off track, though. Of the two of us, I'm not off track because I'm I'm expressly stating that. So I there won't actually, though, that. are speaking of verses, there are like a ton of other verses that Ashman wrote. Like he wrote like <laughs> twice the verses. There, I, I will I will yeah. mention where they might appear next week. Okay. Um. Uh, uh, by by the way. The Gaston song is very much in line with uh, what is probably my favorite song from Tangled, uh, even though... I've got a dream. Yeah. I've got a dream. Which, yep. is, which is Alan Menken writing that song Alan solo. Menken writing a bar song. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, you know what? I think I could do Gaston all, like on my own. That's pretty it, good. Let's put it in two instead of three. No problem. Yeah. Uh, cool. Cool. Uh... The Lion King. Yeah. Scene shout out. So the natural one would be dad, dad, got to get up, dad. But I'm not, but I don't want to cry again. So I'm not, I'm going to try to expand my horizons. Yeah. We're trying to get you to cry once per podcast as like a maximum, uh, but generally less crying. Um, okay. So I do really like the scene. So Simba and Simba convinces uh, little Simba uh, convinces Nala to go off to an to the elephant graveyard on an adventure. Yeah. They're gonna lose Zazu. They do. They go. Things do not turn out well for them because hyenas try to attack them. They only get away because Mufasa comes, and it's a great moment where like Simba's trying to roar and go rah and then all of a sudden his mouth opens and you hear roar, yeah. but it's because Mufasa has entered. So Mufasa saves their little lion butts, and then they are walking back home. And um, Mufasa says, Zazu, you could take Nala home. I need to speak with my son. And Simba's face just drops, and his head dips below the mm-hmm. grass like, oh, I'm in trouble. And that moment into following his dad and the very iconic visual of Simba catching his foot in his dad's footprint looking down, seeing how much more giant this footprint is Mm -hmm. that he is physically and metaphorically stepping into as heir to this throne. Growth he has before he can be Right. And it's like it's it's very I'd say like by the book in terms of like uh, you know, motivic storytelling and like symbols and stuff but it's super effective and it's just it gets me every time and like that the very real emotions of like i need to talk with my son and the oh busted Mm -hmm. and like (laughs) nala being like well i thought you were brave but it's very it's just all it's all very real emotions and you even get a crack in zazu like good luck like he's been this like uh like very like stodgy caretaker all through this time and he's like good luck it's just it's very real very powerful small moment nice what about you dick uh so i've been like tossing this around in my head uh i really like i mean everything with timon and pumbaa except for uh 
I, I don't really love the lion sleeps tonight. Yeah, it's fine. Um, and like I would almost just want to watch a movie about their adventures. Um, but you know, that's not. Hey, there could be that's a not couple episodes in the future that you might be able to talk so, about that. Um, I just want to. Sh- I. It's it's silly because it's not like a big thing, but I want to shout out just the the Rafiki. Yes. Scene. Thank you. No, uh, I was, uh, this was like, I was toying between both of them. Rafiki, uh, and like Star Wars didn't invent this, but Rafiki is Yoda. Uh-huh. He starts out as a goofy idiot that just annoys and pesters our hero and uh, steals his snacks and hits him on the head with a piece of wood. Staff, yeah. Um, that's, that's what Yoda does to Luke. That's what Rafiki does to Simba and... It's very funny because uh, with 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 Yoda, you do not know that he is the wise Jedi Master because you haven't met him before. With Rafiki, you know who he is. Yeah. But he's just being a goofball because, I don't know, because he thinks it's hilarious, which I love. Um, because you are a monkey and I am not. <laughs> yeah, he's he's really really funny in this moment and Simba is not into it and that is making Rafiki laugh even more. Yeah. Um yeah, and then yeah, follow Rafiki. He knows the way. Like that's a really fun line read and the you know, the music picks up and he's got the chase and it's really it's really beautiful, and it leads to the scene where um, he sees Bleeding Gums Murphy and uh, Darth Vader and the CNN guy in the clouds. All in the clouds, yeah. <laughs> um, no, where he sees his, his dad in the in the stars, and it's mm-hmm. a really beautiful moment. But I, I, I think the lead-up to it, um, I think if you didn't have that lead-up to it, and if it, was, if it was just like Simba is somber, and then... He goes to be somber with yeah. his dad in the clouds. It wouldn't work. No. Without like that levity and a little bit of like that adventure. Like there's like, there's some jokes. There's a chase scene. And then there's and this, this, this yeah. stars all in like a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. It's like a quick little three act structure of a scene. Yeah. And there are lines in that, in the Rafiki Simba interaction that just make me laugh out loud. Yeah. Like, uh, cause it's a uh, correction. I know your father. No, my father's dead. Nope, he's alive. And then there's silence. They stare at each other. Bye. Like, and he just goes, oh my gosh. It's even funnier in Spanish. Like, yeah. adios. <laughs> you have more syllables adios. to say quickly. Uh, anyway, yeah, no. that was that's good. Yeah. Uh, Kate, uh-huh. you, if, if I was to give you the chance to pick an MVP. L-E-B-O, level. Yeah. Uh, do you want to say more or do we just move on? I'm not sure that I need to. No, I appreciate the um, the uh, the authenticity that he lends the Lion King. Yeah. I appreciate his, like, it, we'll talk a lot about it next week, his, like, rabid enthusiasm for, for being a part of this project. <laughs> yeah, like, we've got a lot more level Rabid enthusiasm. And, like, his stuff is amazing. Like... I don't know how much because he, so he'll end up next week. He'll end up taking um, things in the score and doing things with them. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure 
how much Hans Zimmer wrote. Like, I don't know if the score was also a collaboration. I need to look more into that. Yeah. Because there is some, like, um, in the score. So I don't know who wrote that melody. But, like, anything that I know that Lebo wrote in that movie, it's just, like, the most fun. Yeah. And it's so, it's, yeah. It's world-building, but also it's it, like, gives a very distinct like it's it's regal in a way that like you've got other languages happening in Pocahontas you've got Latin in Hunchback which does add a certain gravity but like this is another world now that I uh another universe of storytelling now that I think about it Paul Simon was doing stuff with like African choirs for a while he was it is not crazy to throw Elton John with Lebo no it's not sorry that's all yeah I was just, th- I was like, no, there's a, I swear there's a pop star that was like hanging with African, Paul Simon. Yeah. And then I think the problem was that Paul Dines Simon was like, oh, I'm not really going to get involved in apartheid issues. I'm not going to take a stand. He's like, I, was, I think that was a problem Paul Simon for some like, of the people You know what? With. I think I might play Sun City. I think I might. Sure. No. Uh, all right. MVP for you, Dick Ward. Ooh. Oh, crap. Um, the, that fat... Uh, off-model guy no. whose gut sticking out of his t-shirt. Um, that's is so it's a hard one. My I was thinking of doing Rafiki until I said him in my scene shout out because I really legitimately I, there's it's not a there's not a weak link. No, here there isn't. But I I think there's one person that we've there's one person out of this whole thing who can make us cry just by existing, and that's Angela Lansbury. Oof. And so I want to shout her out for doing the uh, best version of Beauty and the Beast. Uh, yeah. Have you heard Howard Ashman's? I have not. Howard Ashman's version is the reason she took the role. She turned it down. Oh. She's like, the singing pot, I don't, this doesn't sound like a thing for me. Um, and then Howard Ashman sent her his own personal demo uh-huh. of Beauty and the Beast. And she instantly, she's like, oh, I get it. I'm in. I'm, a, I'm uh-huh. on board. I'm in. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Angela Lansbury's version is probably better. Yeah, I mean, it's probably slightly more tuneful. She's yeah. better, <laughs> and she's better cast for the part. Sure. Um, but yeah, she like she's just generally amazing. Like, I kind of want to go back and watch Murder She Wrote mm. because I, I like. There's nothing I've seen Angela Lansbury in that I'm like, meh. I'm just like, yeah. She is endearing. Oh. Yeah, and uh, she just has this amazing quality to her voice uh, that is, like, matronly mm-hmm. or, like, grandmotherly, mm-hmm. maybe, because she's got, like, a little bit of a warble or a little bit of a Like crack. a rasp, yeah. A rasp, yeah, and it's just, mm, it's just so great. Yeah. Yeah, so Angela Lansbury wins Very my MVP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So normally I like to make my crossover, which is where we take an element from each movie, cross them together. Yeah, which can be like characters or creators. Yeah, normally I like to differentiate that from my MVP. Yeah. But that's not going to happen this week. So, well, I'll start by saying, like, there are a couple, like, genie wishes that would be, like, totally not for, like, World peace would be very nice. It would be very nice. Like, it, there's a lot of things that would be very nice. We we don't talk about these beforehand, but I already know what this is. There are genie wishes that I just that would just be just for me. One, 
I need Lynn Manuel Miranda and Howard Ashman to meet. That just that I just want it to happen. Yeah. Two, I want to go back in time. Ninety two, maybe ninety three, probably ninety two. I, I I want a time machine, and in a different in a parallel universe. I want the whole Disney team, like everyone who works at Disney, sitting down and everyone saying, all right, we're splitting into two movies now after this, this movie Aladdin is finished. We're splitting into two movies. That actually happened. Um, Alan, we want you on this uh, King of the Jungle picture. Uh, we're putting Elton John on Pocahontas, right? So like... Oh. Yeah. That's not a crossover well, at all. Okay, hold okay. on. Okay. Yeah, I'm not done with my wish. Okay. So what I would like to hear is I would like to hear Alan Menken's Lion King. Okay. I'm not, I'm actually pretty convinced it would not be better, right? I just want to hear it. What would he have done? Because he's very motif-based, right? Like, you've got the beast like, da, 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 da. Yeah. You've got, do, 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 do. Right. You've got... Okay, we... Anyway, we get, he's a motif we, king. We know the motifs. What would the motifs have been? Like, what yeah. would he have drawn on? Because he did draw on some Middle Eastern features from for Aladdin. So, like, how deep would he have gone? I don't think Lebo would have been involved. And that's my true crossover, is I want Alan and Lebo to work together. I just together. assumed that was going to be your crossover. Yeah, well, that's where it's going. But, like, okay. if not that, the genie wish, the bare minimum... I just want to hear Alan's demos for The Lion King. Okay. I think it would be fascinating. I, it would just be, it, yeah, just as someone who, like, enjoys composing myself and is just a musical theater nerd, like, w- what would be different? Would he find different beats? Would he find different, like, styles that fit the characters? And would that have altered the path of, of the characters? I just, because he could have done it, like, uh, Alan Menken, I don't know if you know this, pretty talented composer. Uh, he could have done it. You, I want to hear say, the demo tapes, but also just Alan and Lebo. You say together that. Together forever. Uh, I feel like you love Alan Menken in a 10-year span. Uh, he still writes, like, the best melodies. I, I, it's not my... It, the man's made a lot of money. He's worked very hard. I, I'm not faulting him for anything he's written past tangled okay not faulting him he's done he's he's i contributed i'm just his fair share and then some to society i just we know don't there need are, to worry about what he's doing in, essentially in of, retirement there are a lot of opportunities to see new alan menken things that we do not take well i saw hercules in the park that that had new alan menken songs in okay. it okay anyway no, I'm not going to see a Bronx Tale. I'm sorry. I, I, I still don't see why not. Anyway. I love I love Alan. Alan, I love you. Uh, show from, me your Lion King songs. From 1989 to... Oh, 19, little Shop was like 82. From 1982 to 1996. Oh. Kate, I don't know my years. All right. Dick, uh, what do you cross over? I don't know. I got distracted during years and I stopped thinking about it. To be honest. Um, okay. Here's my crossover. Good. It's going to be a Looney Tunes style show. Mm-hmm. So very comical. Uh-huh. Um, sort of an Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny thing. Okay. 
with the Gaston and Timon and Pumbaa. Oh. Yeah. So G- okay, Gaston that's a little is, scary to me. Well, Continue. Again, to be clear, yeah. it's a Looney Tunes style fun show. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny. Uh huh. So Timon is obviously smarter than Gaston, so he gets it gets one up on him every time. Uh I, I understand what you're saying. In this show oh. that I have created and can pick the rules for. No, I'm just saying Pumbaa is actually the smarter of the two of them. Timon just steals his ideas. Uh, Pumbaa Canonically. Is, Pumbaa is slowly smart. Yes. Uh, I would Timon s- comes up with more ideas, I guess. Uh, but also. Quantity versus quality. Does that make Timon dumber than Gaston? No, not dumber so than Gaston. Since Timon is smarter than Gaston. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, just let me have my thing. I just didn't. I wanted to stand up for Timon Pumbaa. Timon is smarter than Gaston, is all I said. Which means the part of the wheat that you throw away in Swahili, the chaff. Pumbaa. Great. Gaston. Simba's lion. No. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Timon outsmarts Gaston, does a bunch of fun things. Pumbaa is more the muscle and the heart in the show. Uh, but Timon is the Bugs Bunny. Pumbaa can't be the Bugs Bunny. No, that's true. It doesn't true. make any sense. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my show. All that's right. That's my crossover. That's interesting. You're welcome. Cool. So, Kate. Yeah? It's time for the final. Final cut. Final cut. cut. Uh, where we decide, okay, are these movies, uh, should we re-release them in theaters? Like, are they just ready to go? Do we need to do some sort of, like, special edition to fix them up a little bit? Or do we just chuck them in the vault, never to be seen again? So... Uh, your choices are re-release, special edition, or put it in the vault. That was a very long intro for what's going to be a very short answer. Can I do both movies at once? No, Lion King. Re-release. That's Absolutely it? re-release. Just re-release as is. Yes. Do a whole campaign. Everyone should see this movie in the theaters. If I had been able to see it again in the theaters this year, in its form, because there's only one Lion King movie as far as I'm concerned, uh, there's only one movie with the title The Lion King. There's only one. I sure, don't know sure, what else sure. we're talking about. I don't. Um, well, I would actually, see that. I would see I know that in Disney's theaters. The Lion King. I'm uh, so I'm referring to um, numbers after a title at this uh-huh. point. Anyway, I'd see it in the theater. I'd bring everyone I know. I'd ask. I'd tell all my kids to go. I'd yeah. like maybe give them money to go. Honestly, it's so good and it's so good in a theater. Yeah. Like oh, chillingly good in a theater. Nice. What do you do with Iron King? Special edition. Oh, no. Hundo P. Uh, I take out Lion Sleeps Tonight. No, I, I'll leave that in, even no, though I hate funny. it. I take out Small World because I hate it. It's funny. Uh, nope, don't reference yourself. It's so boring. It's so dumb. Um, I fix the slow-mo. Um, and there's like a couple of other tweaks I make to this movie. Nothing big. Just... There's like a couple of tweaks that can be made to make uh, Mufasa more of a good guy and make it a little less. I don't understand why the water disappears. It doesn't make any sense. Um, so I think there's like a couple of tweaks we can make here. Uh, hey, don't worry. I'm going to make some tweaks to Beauty and the Beast right. too. Um. So Beauty and the Beast, Kate. Uh, it's uh, closest to a re-release. Um, but honestly, I had special edition. And like, the animators are still alive. Like, 
just reanimate what you didn't have time and money for. Like, I mean, they did not back. The, f- the backgrounds are lovely. Those are the ones who did it in the first place. So maybe we get new animators. No, so the ones that didn't do it right the first no, time. No, so Beauty and the Beast, like it, Beauty and the Beast, is the main reason that they split into two studios after Aladdin. Yeah, because like, they were rushing. And like because it went through multiple versions, they were like rushing extra. I think they yeah. had to do like the the version that we see, I think we had they had to do it in something crazy like nine months. Like Jeez. like start from scratch at that point. That's so that's that is like three times as long as the My Little Pony. My Little Pony and so and what they got out of it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's it's incredible that they got the movie Beauty and the Beast the way it currently looks in like a year or something insane like that. Yeah. Um but yeah, they can go in like they they've got all the models. They've got just yeah, just don't make Belle's face look punched in sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. Like that uh, yeah. I don't even need you to change the ensemble members in Belle. Just like like focus on your main characters, make sure that you get them right in every scene. Yeah. That's all. Nice. What about you? Um man, you know what? I uh I want to go back and cross over the chubby guy whose belly is showing with Pumbaa. I think they'd be good friends. You just really I just, uh, I hated him. Do you feel him. like you identify with this guy? I mean, sometimes I lay around with my belly out. That happens. <laughs> More when you're not home. Um, sometimes when you're home. So, uh, here, here's, the, here's the thing about Being the Beast. It's a great movie. Uh, it, it's got some flaws. Um, and I think we can fix those. I think we can do a special edition. I think... Um, we can clean up some of the animation, like you said, clean up the character models of our main characters. I think, um, like, a, a people nitpick, like, the intro about how, like, the beast is, like, like 11, 11 or something. Yeah, or something I, that happens. That's not important to Which, me. like, not important, but if it just, if you just have to change one word to make it work, uh-huh. fine. I'm not against that. Yeah. Um, and I think we can like recast. I think uh, Josh Gad would be a great LeFou. I think we get all right the girl from. You're getting into next week. Let's... No, I we just uh, uh... so that I mean so that's the thing, and we'll talk about this next week. There are only so many changes you can make before like yeah. other holes start falling, like, or before you're like, oh, you know what? It's a, here. Okay, because like is... like. I would love to change Belle's character. Yeah. I can't do it in the animated version. There, There's not room for it. This is a metaphor that doesn't that that will not work for you, but you've seen me do it okay. on occasion. Uh fixing a movie like Beauty and the Beast or The Lion King. And I, I you're right. These are both re-releases. You can't special edition these. Um it's like trimming your own beard. <laughs> you trim up one side a little bit more than the other uh-huh you're like oh the right side's a little bit higher than the left so i'm yeah. going to fix that and then the left side is a little bit higher than the right and and you keep on making those changes and by the end you don't have a beard right because you have shaved it off and right. you've gotten rid of your sideburns and you've maybe shaved your whole head because you're like i can't get this even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and so i think i i do think you know there are there are people who are like well beauty and the beast like all these like kind of 
weirdly not feminist, even though they're purporting to be feminist, because yeah. like the female has more to do, and like yeah, and more to do than like Cinderella. But you know, you know what? And there, Tam- there's an taming of the shrew is a problem. Well, and there's an argument and- that like we shouldn't show kids these movies anymore. There are better ones. There are you know even if you're gonna go with Disney, Frozen is better female leads in terms yeah. of like models and like agency. I don't think there's a reason to throw them out. But I no. do think Lion King, I might just show. Beauty and the Beast, I might sit with the kid and be like, huh, I wonder what else they could have done. Like, I wonder what else the Beast could have done. Or I wonder what else, like, I, have you heard Belle talk in a while? Why I mean, not? I, like, I, think I every, might challenge it a little bit. I feel bit. like every movie, like, I'm not a parent, so no judgment on parents because I understand uh, it's way harder than it seems. Oh, yeah. But I think like if you're showing if you're showing a movie and your kid has interest in it, like it's worth asking some questions uh, and worth throwing in yeah. some context. But you know what do I know? My, my niece, we watched like a Barbie shopping video on YouTube with my niece, and I don't, I have no idea what's going it's, on there. YouTube now is like has a thing where like it's like kids playing with toys yeah you're watching kids playing with toys that you could be playing with but you're watching a youtube video instead but but also like yikes i got a video of uh like toy commercials from toys r us one christmas Mm -hmm. and that was my favorite video for a while (laughs) so i don't know what to tell you yeah um and, and i mean that's there's a whole other thing of like how much do we really need uh, to go over the uh, morals of every single thing children watch, and like, at what point are you just lecturing? And then it's like, okay, well, so also, here's the here's the thing about. I know this is like a, a cute video of a Barbie doll shopping, but there's actually no ethical consumption under capitalism. So this whole thing is flawed from the beginning. Let's talk about Marx and what he would have to say. Like, and it's all balancing, right? Like, I feel like I turned out okay as an adult, and yeah. I grew up obsessed with these movies. You, like, you are. I ended up with a very equitable partner, and like, not uh, right. Like, I'm not here to be like, oh, if only I could change you. Like, I mean, you, <laughs> you've you've made some changes. Stop that. I sleep on pillows now. That is true. I, I did add to. pillows to your life. I was I, I was very much the you beast. Did, I think your quote was, you did not believe in them. I didn't. I but still also, don't, I don't think you had had a good pillow. I still don't fully... Uh, I, I still think I could live my life pretty easily without a pillow. Anyway, I do feel like a whole generation of like very fine feminists grew up watching these movies. And they yeah. were fine because there were other things in their life to balance. Yes, is is Frozen an improvement in terms of like showing girls what they can do? Yeah, it is. It, it, it it's not about the quality of the movie. The no, quality I, of the yeah. characters, yeah, absolutely I'm just, better. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about it. I've you're never like, yeah, about you're it. you're uh, giving yeah. me a skeptical face, but like Elsa and Anna, way better characters than Belle. Absolutely. Also, they've got they've kind of got more. Well, they've gotten more to sing. I won't necessarily call it better music to sing, I but would, yeah. You've got you've got a baby have... defying gravity in there. Hey, that's that's pretty nice. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, but they're good movies. They're good storytelling. Yeah. Like it, good storytelling. Oof. Speaking of good storytelling, we've been telling this story for over two and a half hours. It's like a tale as old as time. So we're going to go now. Yep. Uh, 
we will be back in two weeks. Two weeks. Uh, or uh, immediately, if you're listening, more than two weeks from Late. when we release yeah. this. Uh, you could just listen to these right in a row. Why uh, would you? But it's you almost could. like we'll just like walk across a log, swing our heads, and then it'll or be walk across two a weeks log, later. Not swinging our heads. Or however long it takes for a baby lion to become an adult. Here's the clear. deal. Uh, you can hit us up at Somebody's Podcast uh, Twitter, Somebody's Podcast on Facebook, Somebody's Podcast dot com. Com. Podcast at gmail.com. That's the one. Uh, and let us know what you're looking for. It looks like butt. Let us know what you're looking forward to in the coming second season of Cellmates Podcast. Yeah. Uh, let us know if you want to fix our website that looks like butt for us. Uh, no, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fix our website. I'm a web developer. But if you're a web designer, if you want to design us a website. Uh, let us great. know pairings you'd like to see. Yeah. Let us know single movies that you're like, I can't think of something. Can you? We'll do our best. Uh, especially if it's a movie we might not have heard of. Yeah. Because we're, we're like animation fans, but... Uh, we have we, our wheelhouses. We veer towards uh, Disney Absolutely. and Miyazaki and a little bit of Bluth. Like those are our kind of uh, trio. Uh, and I guess Pixar, but that's also Disney. Disney. Yeah. And I just try to avoid DreamWorks. Yeah. But we got to watch that dragon movie. That's supposed to be good. Um, but yeah, if if you've if seen something we haven't, like uh, we've had some great suggestions for Winnie the Pooh. Uh, Care Bears in Wonderland, which yeah. was surprisingly great. Yeah, um, we'd we'd love to hear them. So please uh, hit us up, get in touch with them. Uh, you can mail us. Our address is oh no, no. And just thanks for listening. Like yeah. we've been around a year, and there are people who are listening, and that's amazing and really gratifying. And we mostly do this for fun, but so we're glad that other people are having fun. I'm in it for the big podcast bucks. I'm in it that for you all, are the, spending all the money on, that I spend on this podcast. Uh, yeah, so and thanks. Of course, please tell your friends, tell your enemies, whoever you think would like listening to us. Uh, rate us, review us on whatever thing you rate and review podcasts on. Happy anniversary, everyone. And... Uh, Hey, if it's like late March, early April, happy Easter. Boom. (laughs) Soulmates podcast. I'm going to bed now. Recording? Uh, we are. We have been for the last 40 minutes. So I'm going to put that Are you whole, serious? No. <laughs> I'm going to put up a <laughs> Yester World episode oh, no. as the outro.